Oh, it's so cold out here, Mark. Why would you make us record outside? I can't believe this. Well, it's our snowman's episode. So, I mean, it's a beautiful wintry night out here in Philadelphia. I figured it would be appropriate for us to record outside. Like, th- 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 thematically, that makes sense, but it's, it's just, just, just so cold. <laughs> I always record outside. What are you what are you guys talking about? No, no, we make you record outside. The rest of us are normally recording in the studio. Right. Yeah. It is really snowy and beautiful out, and I guess, you know, that does work well with this movie Snowman's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also works well with our yearly tradition that we do every year on this very night, uh, which is that we build the snow people of our dreams. Our snow podcast hosts. Our snow pods. Yes. Yeah. Snow pod- yeah. Our our snow our dream snow podcast guests. Yeah. We do it every year and we remember the name That's every right. time. Every time. Every year on even global warming can't stop us. That's global right. warming cannot yeah. stop yeah. us. Yeah, well, it might. Yeah, and don't let any FX shows steer you wrong. It's always snowing at this day in Philadelphia. <laughs> so what's what's everybody building? Uh, well, as for the last couple of years, I've been building this snow gwill door here. Oh, look at us. Yeah. Little bucket of chicken. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's covered in snow barbecue sauce. <laughs> And he's he's got the the clothing of a deceased mother on. I, I was able to find that. It always is tricky every year to find that. And I've you got never save it from the previous year. No, I mean it wouldn't be. It's a newly deceased mother, so I never. I always have to find a new one. And I have my parents' cosmic key from when they were in Paris together. So I'm gonna put it oh, that's on. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully by the end of this, by Christmas, I find my master songsmith. Well, as usual, every year uh, I made a snow sculpture of Sylvester Stallone naked in his little frozen cube. It just feels right because oh, he's yeah, already perfect. frozen. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like you don't have to have any full frontal, but you can kind of just sort of still yeah. make out the fact that he's frozen in place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just going to finish touches right here. Mm-hmm. With a nice sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Sly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to date a snowman? <laughs> yeah. How about you, one of the people who we haven't heard from yet? As I usually do, I've built my snow T-Rex from yeah. Tammy and the T-Rex. It's towering above all of your other snow people so and uh, and frozen uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallones. Um, yeah, it, it is. Um, I, you're probably wondering how I got it to move around like that, you no. know? Well, um, I figure yeah. it's the little... Uh, frozen brain in the like um, thing next to it. That's exactly what it is, Mark. Yeah, it, the brain is frozen. Uh, I plug it in to the snowman. I just plug it in and it works. It's yeah. a real plug and play situation. And mm-hmm. this and it moves around. Uh, oh, watch out! Oh, oh it's yeah. coming! Oh, oh, wow. whoa, oh, 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 be he careful! To bite your head yeah, off! Yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> it's so clever. Yeah, he's gonna manipulate that little snow payphone that oh, you made yeah. too. That's true. Yes, Yours has yes. a lot of props. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you'd have got to get into the spirit of the thing, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's so magical. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that. Yeah, It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because, uh, like like you mentioned, Bob, we've been doing this for years now, and every year I always come out and I build these snowmen with you all as you describe your perfect, you know, podcast guests, and I'm, al- I'm always here supporting you doing that, right? And then I'm, and then I'm always mm-hmm. a guest on that same episode, and... Mm-hmm. You know, after all these years, I just I, I can't help but wonder if maybe, 
you kind of had the perfect podcast guest all along. Is that why you didn't build anything? I think I know what Sebastian is saying. We should have Clyde on the podcast. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. What were yeah. we thinking? Yeah. 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 He lives here in studio. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys found Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's that picture you're drawing there, Sebastian? Just a, a picture of, of my podcast family, but yeah, ignore it. Ignore it. It's yeah. fine. I'll just, I'll just put it on my mantle here where I keep a photo of you all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the oh. photo that you took with your iPad, which was real weird. We wondered why you didn't just use a yeah, phone. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't own a cell phone. I'm yeah. not allowed to. I can only have iPads. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark, why do you have that uh, dinner plate full of nose? I mean, carrots over there. Was that why? Why do you have those? I don't, I don't understand what you'd be doing with those. Oh, I'm just going to eat them. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! You monster! I mean, um. Eat them, really? I know you're su- like, um, oh no, I don't have anything to finish with that. So, uh, I'm a carnivore. Re- I don't even yeah, reset. Welcome to What Did We Just Watch, the movie trivia quiz show podcast. Today's episode is about the 2017 comedy family drama film, Snowmance, directed by Douglas Mitchell and starring Ashley Newborough, Jesse Hutch, and Adam Hertig. In this movie, each year Sarah builds her snow bow, snowman, with her best friend Nick, After another breakup, she begins to wonder if she'll ever find her own true love. A little Christmas magic brings her snow bow to life. I am your host, Mark Nessel, and our contestants this week are playing as Bob in flannel, Bob Killian. Hello. Playing as Let It Mow, Let It Mow, Let It Mow, (laughs) Mo McGee. Hi, guys. And playing as Snow Bastion, Sebastian Solos. Hello, everyone. And as always, our contestants are playing for this week's mystery prize that will be revealed at the end of the show. So this is the first made-for-TV movie that we've done. Probably, Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They all seem like they were made-for-TV when you think about it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it shifts me. This is a Mara Vista Entertainment joint. I don't know if you guys noticed at the beginning. The company has gone through a number of interesting changes. Now they make stuff, I think, exclusively for Tubi. They're, like, owned by whoever owns Tubi. But for a while, they were pretty much just guns for hires making horror, thriller, like Hallmark movies and Christmas romance like movies, as well as a couple of weird um, like forays into things like television. There's a couple of television shows that they produced in my research that they did. And also um, Elijah Wood's company, um, they had a, a deal where a couple of the horror movies that his production company um, released were co released by um mara vista as well but at any rate they do a lot of these like christmas like made for tv movies um probably do very well for themselves these movies mm-hmm. are so popular <laughs> yeah and they probably don't ta- cost a ton to make we'll get into it later but um there's some behind the scenes stuff to um make this movie a little bit cheaper tax wise and stuff 
Um, but yeah, have any of you guys seen this movie prior? I first saw it because how did this get made to a live show? And so in preparation for the show, um, I like what I found this movie on Tubi or whatever streaming service it was on and checked it out. So I haven't seen the movie, but I came over to watch the live stream with you oh, and yeah. Steve. So I yeah. remember them talking about it, but this is my first watch through of it. Yeah. So this will be your second podcast about it. Yeah. First time watching. In this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. First time watching. First time hearing about it. Um, first time being underwhelmed by it. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I mean, I will say one thing that I... Well, I'll, there's a couple things I like uh, in the movie, but that's about it. Um, it's, uh, it was, you know, I think, uh, you might've said this earlier, Mark, that this is like a movie that kind of goes down easy. Like it's, it's a movie that has the, all the right sort of Hollywood stuff in it. It's got like the story arc and, you know, um, that you would expect. It has things that you expect. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's a movie that makes sense, um, in in movie terms mm-hmm. um but it doesn't make sense in like life terms <laughs> yeah that's the made for tv model where it's yeah. do everything a hollywood movie does get like 60 percent of the movie for like 40 percent of the budget or something yeah. like that like no no big stars no um really seasoned behind the scenes people but just do it cheap and do it quickly and hopefully do three movies in like the same couple of weeks or whatever. Um, I had listened to the How Did This Get Made episode of this film, but this was the first time I actually uh, watched it. So, Calling it a film uh, is generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably shot on film. From, yeah. <laughs> actually, now I'm, I'm not going to say that for sure. That's, this could be digital, but it certainly wasn't like video. <laughs> it was... It's all made with I think it was all shot on an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some... Yeah, these movies sort of feel like they grow on the walls because of how like inexpensive they are to make and you kind of have this own side cadre of actors and like directors and writers who are in these movies but don't seem to be associated with the Hollywood system exactly. And um, the writer of this movie is no exception. So I have a little opening game for us. The movie was written by Blair Chippewadu, I believe their name's pronounced. And they have 22 writing credits to their name. They're all made-for-TV movies. And like most made-for-TV writers, half of them are romance and Christmas movies. And the other half are murder, thriller, Hallmark movies. There are two sides to every Hallmark writer. You kind of get an equal amount of fun watching these two types of movies. But I would have to say the Hallmark murder and thriller movies have much more fun titles than the Christmas movies. So I have um, three movies here. Um, I'm just going to read you the titles. One of them was written by... um, the writer of this movie. The other two were movies that were in the more also like, um, uh, like column on this, uh, this movie's IMDb page. So you guys will go around and you'll guess the one of, of these three, which was written by the writer of snowman's. Okay. But they're all real movies. They're all real movies. Yes. (laughs) But only one of them was written by our, um, the writer of the movie we'll be talking about later. So the, I'm going to name the first three movies here. Killer cheer mom. Most Likely to Murder, and Home Killing Queen. Which of those movies was written by our writer? And we'll start with Bob. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will guess uh, Home Killing Queen. 
I was going to say Home Killing Queen, too, because I this movie didn't have a mom in it, so I don't think that she wrote one about the, <laughs> the, mo- the cheer mom, killer uh, mom. All right, Sebastian. Um, I'll do killer cheer mom. All right. The um, movie that they wrote was Most Likely to Murder. <gasps> a popular cheerleader's life is turned upside down after a house fire kills her father. Oof. Oof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the next one, um, which of these was written by the writer of Snowman's? You may now kill the bride, pocket dial murder, and nightmare PTA moms. Again, these are all real <laughs> movies that I assume you can find on real streaming services. So we'll start with Mo for this one. I'm just picturing these movies being churned out of like a like a, a big machine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. cookie a cutter. That's like a yeah. Willy Wonka machine. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm gonna say the first one, like the killing the bride. Because you may now kill the you bride. You may now kill the bride. I think there's still gonna be some romance aspect to this. All right, Sebastian. I'll do the PTA uh, mom one. Nightmare PTA mom. Nightmare PTA mom. Yeah, I feel like this is where AI could do a great job. Yeah. We could just have that. we could just have it make all these movies, and then they wouldn't have to spend any money on writers. Mm, well, all these poor writers. Yeah, who are writing. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. How about um, you, Bob? Yes, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, uh, what was the one that you guessed? You again? may now kill. The bride. You may now kill the bride. I'm going with that. Okay. So the correct answer is you may now kill the bride. Ah. Nicole and Mark oh. Nicole and Mark get engaged, but his stepsister believes she has claim on him and is willing to do anything to be his bride. The actor who sounds plays sounds like a porno. Yeah, the actor who plays Nicole is the same actor who plays Sarah in this movie. Hey. Yeah. Mm. So again, mm. she's in a ton of these movies, mostly of the um, them, the Christmas ones, but she also is some in some of the murder ones. I so do I, have to kind of wonder what kind of person can write these like murderous, crazy horror movies, and then on the other side of that coin, write rom coms mm-hmm. like. It's, it's probably a lot of fun going back and forth. Yeah, I and so, and it's not a situation where like. Oh, her fir- their first six movies was the murder ones, and then they switched to Christmas. It's normally kind of a back and forth, like or maybe okay. like two and then two. Or so maybe when it- she's down, she needs to have a romance, but then when she's too happy, she's like, okay, let's get back to reality. Mm-hmm. And based on this information, I like to think now that the Hallmark Channel is like Christmas movies around Christmas, and the rest of the year it's all murder. It's <laughs> nothing but murder. I've never turned on the channel. I only watch <laughs> these movies in the safety of like Tubi and Pluto. Um, so I've got one more set of three movies so which of these movies was written by the writer of snowmance the art of murder a baby at any cost or murder in law sebastian i'm gonna do murder in law i'm also gonna go with murder in law i was also gonna say murder in law so all three you say murder in law the correct answer is the art of murder Mm. aka paint by murder so what? So can we do the baby one <laughs> for the podcast? Uh, uh, well, yeah. if somebody wants to write it, we, somebody can do a baby at any cost. But a baby at any cost. Yeah. So just real quick, the art of murder um, doesn't actually have a IMDb synopsis. Anybody can write an IMDb synopsis, but most people are bad at writing the one or two sentence ones. So this is only the first two sentences of the paint by murder or slash the art of murder like synopsis. When, art gallery, when an art gallery assistant meets the heir to a rundown estate, she stumbles upon a previously undiscovered masterpiece and finds herself thrust into the high-stakes auction world of priceless art. But those high stakes turn deadly 
when the painting's integrity and authenticity come into question. There's several more sentences after that, but I was like, that's the whole movie. What I just said is the whole movie. How do you make Paint by Murder the second title? That's so much better of a title than The Art of Murder. I don't know. Uh, So a lot of these movies, again, we haven't, uh, like, almost all of them are an AKA, a second one, or the title, the poster has a different title than what is written on IMDb. I'm curious if that has something to do with, like, SEO or, like like legal or something like that where it's like they kind of have a working title and pretty much up until it gets handed to to be they're like well actually we can't call it this because there's another movie that we're making that's called that Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. or it's like for legal reasons we need to turn it into this or something like that i have no idea but if uh, mara vista any anybody from there wants to come on the show we're always looking for um, panelists um we have to make them into a snowman first and then they can come on the show and then wish them and wish them to come yeah yeah that's how we got Sebastian to join. That's true. <laughs> I was going to say, I work for Mara Vista, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also, you're not a real person. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. too. Native yeah. snow. Yeah. Um, so I didn't actually write any questions about the people in this movie. There's not a lot of names. <laughs> no. And, yeah. Sarah, Nick, Cole, Sarah's but dad. But I wrote them all down. Yeah. No, I've been ready to answer who Herb is because I don't yeah. know who Herb is. Well, Herb, Herb <laughs> will never know what the deal with Herb is. There's plenty of stuff we can talk about Herb, but I don't Sarah's have any... dad's name is Alan, by the way. Yeah, Alan, there you go. <laughs> and then her boss and her friend at the office, Isabella. So I, they all Amanda come up. Us. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh I prepared for this. <laughs> I yeah. did too. Oh, dang it. Right yeah. Well, don't worry. I still have seventy questions Great. on this. Fantastic. This like so. Damn. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. So we are not like spoiled for questions, but we'll get into the plot of the movie. So the movie opens up to jaunty Christmas songs and B-roll of the people of Winnipeg, uh, Maritoba, Canada, where this film, this movie was filmed but does not take place. <laughs> this is one of the secrets to the um, inexpensive like Christmas movie is film it in Canada where they must have some crazy tax breaks and just fill it with a bunch of Canadian actors because I uh, like I guess that's why a movie that takes place in St. Paul, Minnesota is being filmed in Winnipeg, Canada. Well, Canadians are so nice. They probably don't even charge them. Yeah, maybe not. And You can pay us in Molson's. Yeah. <laughs> this is, a, yeah. I'm not going to do a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first question here, does anybody remember the date that comes up on the screen right at the beginning? Um, it just says December 12th. So yeah. it does not actually give us a year, but it was 18 years yep. ago. You're right. Yeah, I thought I might have just written 18 years, but yeah, you're right. December 12th. And that one comes back a few times that date. So our hero, Sarah, is practicing delivering a speech to her crush. For, um, for my next question, does anybody remember the name of the crush? Dean Papadopoulos. Yeah. And we haven't seen the last of Dean. I don't know why we haven't seen the last also, of Dean. Also, can... Can we really call her our hero? I think that's a very. No, I I look up to her and... every day. Yeah. 
Every time I'm procrastinating writing my magazine article and dreaming about a position that doesn't make any sense in the magazine that I'm doing. Or she's thinking about leaving uh, Philadelphia, even though yeah. I could just leave whenever I want and come back. I'm thinking at best, she is somebody we are forced to watch in this film. <laughs> like it's, non, it's non-consensual that I have to watch her in this movie. Right. Yeah. Well, you consented to be on this podcast, so I, I, uh, yeah, I, I take uh, issue we'll, with that. We'll, we'll talk a, about that, but that's also not true. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone except Herb, I feel compelled. Like I have to watch, but uh, Herb, I want to watch. I yeah. choose. There's another character who I, I'm thinking you might um, say that about by the end of this. Um, Herb so, is like part of some kind of Make a Wish something or other. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't even well, we'll, yeah. Well, we got a lot of. We have to save our Herb content for right, keep your powder yeah. dry. Um, so she leans in for a kiss, but is interrupted by Dean and his two goons. Which you got, that's real, like, bummer. Imagine if you, your kid is a goon. Yeah. Like, even as a child, it's like, it's like, honey, come in. Our kid is a goon. Look at this hat. Like, this, like, cap that he's wearing. And he's unnamed. Yeah, he's unnamed. Yeah. We named him at birth. He just I, doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, I heard him say, gee, boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, we raised you to be a mook, and you're going to be a mook. Yeah. Um, so my next question, um, what is Dean mad at her for? Yeah, because I think ultimately he's more upset that she's like made a snowman and it's, it's pretending that it's him. But he, she also took his hat. And yeah, put that's it what on I was snowman. thinking. Yeah, okay. I think that was the the inciting mm. incident for Dean to even like like kind of notice her. Because obviously, like when it's like, oh, you made a snowman homunculus of me, and you're like <laughs> kissing it, like that is upsetting. But I think the main reason he even bothered was because she had like had his um had stolen his hat. So Dean knocks down her snowman and leaves Sarah to wallow in her embarrassment. And um, for my next question, her friend Nick comes to her house. Does anybody remember why he knows to come there? Sebastian? Is Katie Lou Dex told Nick what happened? Yeah, Katie Lou Deckis, I think is how it's pronounced. But yeah, so how much... This is the first of many times I'm going to ask, how much time has passed? Because I would have assumed, based on the way it's shot, mere like moments had passed between yeah. when Dean walks away. Like, is Katie is Katie like up in a tree somewhere? And word it's got like, around. Yeah, no, word no. got around. Like that time is so strange in this film, and also like I know it's just like it's because of the cheapness of the movie, but it's always so fucking bright in every single yeah. shot. It's like, never cloudy. It's never even like. A little bit dark. It's like just bright as fuck in every single yeah. shot. It's like m- midday for day in all of the shots. Um, but yeah, Katie's riding high on the rumor mill now, but she'll be humbled shortly in this movie. Um, so Nick cheers her up by helping her build her perfect snow boyfriend. Forget about Dean, he says. You could have anyone you want, which is a weird thing for a child to say about another to child. Another child. I wrote yeah. that down too. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can have anyone you want. It's like let's have nobody have anyone here in this middle school. Yes, <laughs> I used to say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Just to just everybody. out in this, just yell that out yeah. into the ether. Yeah, <laughs> I just okay. pull people over, and I was like, you could have anyone you want. Yeah. Just know that. Mm. Well, I'm glad that we're we're giving you an outlet for that energy, Sebastian, <laughs> watching these movies. Um, so now we get the first of many, but then no more snowman building montages. So now we're in the 18 years ago. For my next question, can anybody tell me what are the um, like a 
traits that she says she likes in a snowman in this one? Sebastian? Uh, okay, so I have tall, smart, brave, romantic, sweeps me off my feet, nice, and makes me laugh. Yep, um, that's right. And then, so I've got another question about that because Nick comes in and reciprocates. How does he, um, like, accomplish this in snowman form? There's only uh, three things that he does specifically, um, mm-hmm. slash, like, are done. Okay, I think I remember two. Um, she wants tall, so he makes a taller snowman. She wants smart, so she gives he gives him a bigger head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he says, like, sweeping you off your feet, nothing I can do about that, or unless there's a third one I'm forgetting about. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the tall, but the definitely the big brain more snow, like, adds more snow to the snowman's head. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the tall thing I do remember. Oh, then, the yeah, that must have yeah, been, yeah. like, yeah, kind of both adding to it's it. Like a smile to make her laugh? Um, no, there's, they do something else for it. Does anybody remember any other one specific from this snowman? You might get them mixed up with like the seven other snowmen that are built in the next like 90 seconds. But if not, if I remember correctly, he pulls out like a Glock and just puts it on the the snowman's hand. No, I don't. Um, That's the other snowman. Yeah. I think if I remember, he puts a magic hat on the snowman and then the snowman goes, happy birthday. (laughs) All right. Let me cross that joke out from later in my script. Um, no, the other two things um, was um, when he says romantic, he just kind of draws a big heart in the chest, but like the whole chest, like a, like a knight's armor that has a big like insignia on it, or like a care bear that has the heart. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nice. and then can when she says can make me laugh, she grabs Nick's hat off of his head and puts it on the snowman. Again, a behavior that we will see later in the movie. Nick loses a ton of hats to yeah, snowmen. He's got a cold head every yeah. December twelfth. He must buy them in bulk just because he knows. Yeah. So now the snowman has been made. Let's do this every year, Sarah said. And and one day when I finally meet my dream boyfriend, we won't have to build him anymore. Something really cute for like an eight year old to mm-hmm. say, sort of in a time when she's like she's just been embarrassed and everything. The fact that we know that still happens well into these people's adulthood is pretty sad yeah i mean building a snowman every year is really cute but there should have been some sort of parent intervention about you know expectations and romance Mm -hmm. and you know it's also all about her like oh yeah i don't know like they they never even make like a snow person for nick or they don't even have to do that but it's like the idea is she's truly the main character and his role is to just be a side person for her Mm -hmm. it's sad yeah um, for my next question, um, what do they do after they build the snowman? Like, so this is still when they're eight years old. They do something that also continues to be repeated. Sebastian? Um, they name him Cole? Uh, no, more specifically okay. doing something. Well, they pull out a disposable camera and take a selfie with, um, it, with it, which there weren't really selfies back in the no. 90s, and especially with disposable cameras because you don't have the viewfinder. So, like, it's... you could just tell that was written in modern day because anyone who's actually used a disposable camera has never taken a selfie with it at least not in that time period all right i'll cross out that joke from my script too (laughs) (laughs) but yeah this would have been around 1990 um this 2017 movie so 18 years before that would have been like 1998 1999 ish so disposable camera the selfie eh, maybe not i wasn't invented yet yeah 
So I'm still thinking about PTA murder mom or whatever it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> murder yeah. the P- I've already forgotten it, and I wrote that whole section. Kill, kill cheer mom. I don't know. Yeah, kill, kill cheer baby mom. Yeah, yeah. faster pussycat. Kill kill kill. No, that's a Roger Corman movie. Um, so now we get our snowman montage with a pretty mediocre cover of "We Wish You a Merry Christmas" over it, like a real Robert Goulet, like "We're wishing you a Merry Christmas." Hey now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not the right, the, the sort of like the croonery part of it, as I'm saying. So um, I've got here five snowmen that they make, um, and I'll just we can um, go around, and all I need is the um, just give me a description of the like snowman. It could be in like any order or whatever. We'll start with Bob, and we'll go around. Can you remember any of the snowmen? Sure. Well, there was definitely like a punk snowman, sort of like punk look. Yeah. Can you give me some of the specifics? Uh, leather from jacket, it? spiky hair. That's it. Okay. Yeah. He also had a bike chain, a <laughs> okay. t-shirt, and a guitar. And they made angry eyebrows on him because mm. women love a boyfriend who is angry, like yeah. resting angry face. Especially when you're going through your um, your black leather emotional face Mm -hmm. yeah that was 12 years ago so they would have been six years older from the time um do you have one maureen okay i remember a snowman wearing a denim jacket which i thought was like kind of a 90s thing um i'm trying to think if we had anything else on but it was very it's like all like denim i think it was uh yeah the denim um so that was seven that was basically the next year so that would have been very that would have been like 2000s ish um, denim vest, glasses, and a red visor with some sort of medallion on his next. This one, she says, this snowman is so gorgeous. Is like a line that, which hard, hard disagree. Not that the snowman looks bad, but that the snowman looks markedly different from any other snowman I've seen. Yeah, maybe the personification of the snowman was justified because of how she viewed it over 20 years of her life. Yeah, she's starting over eight, you're saying almost 20 years of fawning over pretty much exclusively snowman. She's become (laughs) kind of accustomed to like the differences in the snowman's like appearance. Like she can point out an uggo snowman versus like an attractive snowman. A gorgeous one, yeah. Yeah. It's a snow queen origin story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Sebastian, do you have a um, like... uh, The only one... The only one I can remember is I think the last one they show, uh, he has like a snow mustache slash Mm -hmm. beard. Like yeah. some like pine needles that they use. Oh, yeah. I thought that yeah. would be clever. Yeah. So that one, next time th- I make a snowman, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Yeah. So, so that's the three years ago. Bushy mustache, scarf, and glasses, and a hat. This must have been when she was really into Jamie Hyman of MythBusters, because <laughs> even the beret hat, the black beret hat, and the big wal- walrus mustache is literally the first sentence on his Wikipedia page when I went to look up the spelling of his name. Is those are the two things he's most known for. And so I guess three years in 2014, she was really into the the look of that MythBuster. Uh, it would have been funny if, like, at each time they showed them making the snowman, like as it pans over to Nick, he just comically looks exactly like. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's he's dressed like a punk when they're building yeah. the punk snowman. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's 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 dressed like Adam from Mythbusters when they pan over. Like, um, yeah. So there's two more. Uh, do you have any other ones that you can remember? Well, there's the one where the snowman is like holding up an iPad, like taking a. Oh picture. yeah. <laughs> no, I I do not remember. Yeah. Do you um, you remember any other ones? Okay, was there one where the snowman was wearing a flannel, like a lumberjack or? Not in the um. Like Not the in the montage, okay. yeah. Okay, I confused them. Do you have any, Sebastian? Is he, uh, do they give him like a broom at some point? So Ooh. that's also not in the montage. Um, so right. there were two more that we missed. We got the 17 years, the denim vest. We got the, so at 15 years ago, they he's wearing a baseball uniform oh, and has a glove yeah. and a helmet and also has a much bigger yeah. um carrot nose and a buck tooth grin they put like two big teeth in him and then we did the 12 years of punk and then at eight years ago the um first christmas of our principal actors he's wearing a coat with t- what appears to be tails and a top hat and then has a corn cob pipe so i guess when she was in her like i guess early 20s if i'm doing the math right she was really into like like people dressed for like the the musical cabaret or something like that yeah. or like people who smoked corn cob pipes 15 you know 1800s fat cats like, yeah oh yeah, yeah that's what she was really into <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. kind of goes to that phase the you capitalist know. fat cat phase <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so um we cut to present day where sarah enters her father's woodworking shop um, he's using a stain that she got him from Italy. Oh, no, because it's it's weird because I, my dad does woodworking, so I know a little bit about stain. I don't think it really matters where it comes from. No. It's very inexpensive and it's very like you know applicable to most woods. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what would add to a stain to have it be from Italy. It just yeah. seemed like something they threw in because it sounded like it should be. And fancy. the thing, and the things about stain is is like obviously the look. And the like lacquered, like how yeah. it how it like protects the wood. And yeah, I, to echo your sentiment, like I could care less where a chemical like comes from. It's not like the Italians have the Is secret the wood to keep podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> where you have to like get pay for the Patreon to get the tier where we talk about woodworking. Um, but I there I do have a question about this. Um Sarah and her father are not the only person in this. Who else is in there with him? Yeah, this is really a question where everyone knew the answer. They just didn't know what the question was going to be. Um, and Bob buzzed in first. The man who I wish we saw more of in this movie, Herb, because... You're exactly right. I don't Herb. know what Herb's deal is, but it's probably better than what else is going on. Yeah, so um, I was also interested in Herb's deal. So I went on IMDb, the um, the guiding light of this podcast, and I clicked on Herb's link. According to IMDb, this is only credit, and oh. there's no information about him anywhere else on the internet. He wandered into this scene, and he wa- uh, and into our hearts, and then wandered off into the sunset. Because Herb didn't have any lines, did he? Um, if no, Herb is- he didn't. He doesn't speak. No. Yeah. He's like the man. Yeah, he's like the man with no name. Who <laughs> is he that? What is his purpose? It might just be like a real ghost that what they caught on film, and they were yeah. like, "Well, well we're just gonna keep him." Maybe her dad was like, uh, he was trying to get like an assistant, and he was like thinking of what the perfect assistant is, and he would make it out of plants. 
and uh, eventually that became Herb. Yeah. There you go. Well, we yeah. do know a little bit about Herb because Alan said, "Oh, Herb likes to stay use- useful, but Herb is not used very much in this movie, so he doesn't get his wish." Um, so my next question here in this scene, we also find out how what does um, Sarah do that helps her father with his woodworking. Besides getting him Italian, like, um, stain. Sebastian? Uh, I think that she helps him sell the furniture. Is yeah, that- more. Spe- can you be a little okay. more specific? Because um, she kind of says something's pretty specific, but I'll give that to you. She says she posts yeah. the, like, sales online. So I think the, oh. uh, the less about the selling and more about, like, understanding how Facebook Marketplace works, which... I'm curious about how many people in the St. Paul slash um, Winnipeg area like need like really bespoke like woodcrafted furniture like that often that he's able to like keep a business going. Maybe a lot. Yeah, especially since that's his only business. I've offered to my dad before if he ever wanted me to like set up an account for him. He's like, it takes me two years to make a chair. Like, yeah. I don't think this is going to be lucrative. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so there you go. Um, but yeah, so she tells... It's a fancy chair. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, she tells her dad that she broke up with Brian, um, a character much like Katie that we never actually see. Um, but um, can anybody tell me from the next question why she says she broke up with Brian? And I'm going to ask for a specific here. Sebastian? Um, I think it's because she says that, like, she didn't, like, get, like, lightning or thunder or something like yeah. that from him yeah i mean that all that's fine yeah no spark is what she says but no basically yeah. yeah any i was looking for any sort of <laughs> like um fire or like electric like uh like thing there because they say all of them where <laughs> there's this constant battle yeah she wants She's to like, feel the earth move under yeah. her feet yeah i didn't get that palpatine <laughs> energy from him yeah <laughs> i didn't get unlimited power from <laughs> yeah do it. Yeah, do it. Um, sometimes, sometimes you don't feel sparks. Can someone learn this power? Sometimes people just grow on you over time, just like Herb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so um, her father says, I'm worried that you're too focused on the spark. You know, sometimes love is just a slow burn. It's not that she's worried about a cliche. She's worried about the wrong fire cliche of, uh, like, mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start yeah. early. We'll get into this <laughs> about her father's advice to her. About everyone's advice. Yeah, to her. everyone's <laughs> advice to her. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel a spark. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Everyone is very critical of her. Uh, we'll get into it. Yeah. So now we cut to Nick's very unlived-in feeling house with the cool oh, vault door. Oh, what, I wrote down. What is with that door? I wrote down. Does he live in a, a bank vault? Yeah, he lives. It seems like he lives in a bank vault. That no, he's but, been banished. Yeah. Well, well. As soon as the camera cuts away, he st- sits perfectly still and doesn't like make any mess or doesn't utilize anything in the house. And uh, yeah, and then he's when, trying to be like a snowman. Yeah. For her. yeah. And then he knows what she's into. Yeah, he knows what she likes. Dexter yeah. house. It's like he kills people in there, and it's just like he's scrubbing it down every single day, like. Sarah has safe cracked into his apartment and they're talking about the breakup. What detail about this particular breakup does Nick mention that um, I can begin the um, sentence? Well, as far as breakups go, you definitely have had worse, except for the part where Sebastian. Um. And it's um, another hint is that he ends up drawing the. Oh, is it the waiter? 
the waiter spilled soup on uh, the person that yeah. he broke up with. So yeah. I'm assuming it was the case that she was planning on breaking up with Brian. They were at lunch. And then, like, after it happened, he the waiter spilled soup on Brian, which is not her fault. No. Like, so it really isn't a bad break. Like, it's unfortunate for Brian, and I'm sure that's not how she wanted it to be- end. But it's not like that was her fault or anything <laughs> like that. It's a confusing, like, I, I reread the thing, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, that didn't make the breakup worse for her. No. And then I'm like, wait, yeah. maybe I'm misreading it. And then Nick shows a drawing of it, and she's like, yep, that's how it went. And it's like, oh, okay, so I and, was right. <laughs> yeah, and they also allude to throughout the film that, like, she's, like, known for these legendary breakups. And then, one, I think they only really mentioned two that really ever have ever happened. And neither of them are really that, like, epic or... Yeah, it's like you said, it's like kind of unfortunate stuff, but nothing that crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, the other one is probably the breakup in high school. And that seemed like a mutual thing or like Nick's mistake or something. So it's just Brian, I think, is the only <laughs> specific breakup they mention. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Um, some other um, metaphor about fire. Um, so... All isn't well in the world of cartooning, a famously lucrative business, especially in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, He says he sent his cartoons to some publications, but if I printed them out, I'd have enough rejection letters to wallpaper this entire place. How many, like conservatively, how many publications do you think he could send something to? Like dozens, maybe? I also, yeah, first of all, there's a lot of like, print business out there in the world he can send them to anywhere but i also would argue that he's not a cartoonist because he just draws pictures like single pictures like i would i was confused at first when he started working with the paper because it's like well you know papers take photos they take photographs of news happening so like cartoons don't always go with news stories but he doesn't do panels he doesn't have his own little section he doesn't have witty monologue or anything he just draws like a picture Mm-hmm. There are some cartoons that are just like one single panel. They might they might have captions underneath. Yeah, like them. the Family mm-hmm. Circus or something like that. Yeah, but he doesn't have any <laughs> captions or words or yeah. like or any you know, rambunctious yeah. children in his drawings or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like the the picture of the soup spilling. It's not like oh no, another bad breakup at the bottom or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a photo or picture. Mm-hmm. At one point, she says, uh, "Look at you getting." published or something and or I forget what exactly what the line was but it made it sound like he had never been published yeah before. we'll get to that but yes you're yeah. exactly right he's like yeah he's like blown away really wonder that. what he's been doing yeah yeah, How does he all, afford the bank vault? Yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> everyone knows that if you sell one cartoon to one, like a leisure magazine from one specific like town in the United States, you're set for life. Mm-hmm. Like you're rolling in and they'll, it. They'll fund you to travel the world afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, either I, that, or maybe the government has repossessed everything he owns, including him. So he's in a vault where they've locked oh, him away. Yeah. There you go. He has to Yeah. He has to buy his freedom. Yeah, we do. We do only see him leave in order to pursue his work. So maybe he is under like house arrest, (laughs) living in a vault. Um, Sarah actually has some good news for him. She shows her. She showed her boss his pictures and wants to meet with him. Um, My next question: Where does Sarah work? The name of the um, business. The Twin City Life. Yep, Twin City Life. This is Canadian Erasure. 
because again, this is filmed in Winnipeg, a metropolitan area that probably has its own dumb like leisure magazines. Here's to another Christmas being single, she says. They mentions that this scene takes place on December 12th, the day they normally build the, the snowmen. Um, and as she leaves Nick's place to go to work, Nick does this thing that he will do several times in the movie. The movie weirdly doesn't like kind of pay a lot of attention to it until like the end where he sort of is like stammering as if he's about to like confess to her. But like normally when a, they, a movie does that, you get like shots of him being like, uh, or like, like he's like nervous, like he's going to do it. But it's like, as she's leaving, he's sort of like stammering. So it almost makes it seem like she's ignoring her friend who has like a speech impediment or something <laughs> like that as he's trying to tell her something. But it's like by the fifth time, I'm like, oh, he's like, building up the courage to like confess to her at this inappropriate time. Yeah. You would have thought like he would have practiced or something ahead of time. Yeah. That would have been good too. If if before she is able to get through the vault door while he's, she's still (laughs) drilling. Like he's like, all right, today's the day you're going to tell her. Stethoscope up to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, what's funny though, is that like, I was this old when I realized what you just said, I thought it was just like his actor was odd. Yeah. No, like, because there's, it's like, either so subtle that like i just didn't pick up on it or it's just like no like make it a bit more obvious because i like i don't know i just thought he would just kind of go like yeah and just like stop and then like that was it and i was like okay i don't know i guess he just chose not to say anything no this is a situation i think the movie does the actors no favors weirdly (laughs) where them where it's like you need a little bit more of table setting for the audience to actually understand that this is happening we head to um, her office um, at the Twin City Life, and we meet her coworker and sort of like desk neighbor. She's very Canadian coded. In fact, she's having a snack. Does anybody remember the snack that she's having? It's like oh. um, elk jerky. Yep, elk jerky, a hundred percent homemade. I love Isabel. <laughs> yeah, Isabel is very nice. Yeah, she was great throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and and again, like. Like of the like seven characters, like four of them are pretty much all jokes. Like yeah. all like and and yet this movie does nothing with them. Like <laughs> like all of Isabella's energy that I do think she's providing just like right up against the brick wall of how this movie <laughs> is written and paced. Um, so Sarah tells Isabella that she broke up with Brian and opens up her laptop. Did anybody catch what the background of her laptop was? Did uh, Sebastian? So I think it is um, one of the last uh, selfies she took with Nick building the snowman, which is also hilarious that she forgets that like December 12th is when they do it. Because I'm like, it's your fucking background every single time yeah, you look, so, at your, look at your computer. And for somebody who's like really hell bent on like finding a romantic partner that isn't Nick. Her background is of Nick and the snowman, <laughs> a symbol of the fact that she has yet to find a romantic partner. I did also, since we were just talking about like the photos, like throughout this movie, at, uh, um, as you look at any like mantle or like anywhere else, all the photos people have are either uh, like, I think there are one or two photos that she has of her mom, but otherwise they're pictures of them when they built snow a snowman yes. at different parts of their life. And I'm like, why would that be so important to you that you would hang it up on your mantle or like wherever else? Like, yeah. I mean, we only get to see them are. during Christmas time, but it, 
presumably those pictures are up year round, <laughs> right? Like that's like that's the, kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah, the only time we dust off the camera is when there's a snowman getting like built. <laughs> Um, so actually here with Sarah and Isabella, we get that movie cliche where there are two actors who are basically having separate conversations from each other here. So, um, Sarah is like in her own head asking if she's crazy to be waiting for a bolt of lightning, a spark, raging fire. I only wrote down the like specifics <laughs> of those that she mentions. Um, so does anybody remember how did Isabella responds in this yeah, so Isabella says, like, I got struck by lightning one time. Like, that wasn't a pleasant experience. And then, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay, and then she also mentioned something about, like, the host, like, roaring, like you said, like, a roaring fire of love or something. And she was like, I was also in a forest fire. That was because of the lightning. Yeah. Like, I struck. Yeah, the one other one is, um, she says, citrus fruits taste like pennies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that really, down. I thought you were going to ask. That yeah. really made me laugh. Yeah, it's, it, and again, it's really funny. And the, and it's like I I because I when I was going over this and I was writing the joke I'm like and that's like the joke is written well it's delivered fine like even against her because it's like she keeps adding to it the first thing is like I was struck by lightning before Sarah says something yes citrus fruits taste like pennies now Sarah says something else with the raging fire I, I was caught in a forest fire too Sarah says something like it's it's like um, it was right after the lightning strike. Like it's it's <laughs> got a nice construction. It's got heightening, and it really just slides off like water off of a duck's back. We're like past it. I'm like, oh okay, well, nah. Um, so Sarah is once again says like um, she is she wants somebody who will take her on an adventure, and um, Isabel responds, "This selfish person." Yeah, she. Oh, yeah, she's very selfish. She's self-absorbed, literally. Yeah. Like stuff is happening she around her. Pay attention to anything that uh, Isabel is saying, and Isabel is just like, "Yeah, that's fine. Don't listen to me." Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, she Isabel does say this jerky will take you on a flavor adventure. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, but like, I feel bad. Like, I I would want to like take like she's really trying to unload this elk jerky. Yeah, that's yeah. her motive the whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said she has 90 pounds of it. So. Yeah, 90 oh, wow. pounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now Sarah is called into her boss's office. And I think this is the first of any time Amanda, who seems like a very nice person, even keeled, like, like every time Amanda is like, can I see you in the office? The characters always make faces at each other. Like it's going to be, she's going to, they're going to chew her out or something like that. And this is no exception. Like Isabel and Sarah look at each other like, oh, what's going to happen? Um, so she does have some bad news delivered in a very even keeled Midwestern way. Um, what does the, what is the bad news that, um, that Amanda delivers? Well, she informs Sarah that, uh, their magazine, which is meant to be all about the Twin Cities and everything in the Twin Cities, that it is inappropriate for her to have a travel section. <laughs> yeah. Her exact line is, I think the travel section is just a teeny bit outside of the magazine scope, which is too Midwestern polite. It's a dumb idea. It's a, it's an insane idea. I also think it's an expensive idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like to constantly be sending her around the world, like in paying for it all that's yeah i don't think she'd make her return on that her <laughs> accent is like she walked into it's that crazy yeah she walked into that audition and she was like i'm gonna do my midwestern accent now yeah oh, it's I, crazy it goes all over the place <laughs> yeah. also her, her affect is it's like she's been lobotomized like yeah. she's just like 
She's yeah. this yeah. the entire time. And it's just like, I'm like, why are you grinning and smiling all the time? It's mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, again, um, she's not going to do travel articles, her boss says, but she is very happy with Sarah's performance. Uh, for my next question, what is the style of article that, um, Sarah is known for? They say it a few times. Um, Sebastian. Um, I was going to say leisure. Yep. That's it. Leisure articles. Um, so yeah, again, joke answer. Oh. <laughs> well, what's your joke answer, Bob? I guess. Oh, you're really good on the snowman beat. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, the snowman that I would have, we, she doesn't know how good she is at writing about snowman. Yeah. That's a latent <laughs> talent that yeah. we'll be learning later. Um, so yeah, they say in this scene that Sarah has never been outside the city limits of, I guess. Maybe it's St. Paul and Minnesota because we're in St. Paul, but the Twin Cities are famous. Like, do you think she's made it to like um, to um, Minneapolis? Hard to tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, kind of like in Lord of the Rings, there's just a point where she's like, "I've never been farther than this part of the Shire before." Yeah, <laughs> and <she just> like... <laughs> yeah I mean, we I didn't get to say it at the beginning I, when we were doing the December episodes. I was hoping, like, you guys were like, we should do all Christmas episodes, and I was saying we should do all Twin Cities movies mm. that take place mm. during Christmas, yeah. and we, I only got halfway there with Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This movie treats travel like it's like Haley's Comet or yeah. something, like it only comes around, like you're not going to get another chance to travel. It's yeah, or like, like Lord of the Rings, like you said, yeah. where it's like, in or, in, the only people who leave like um, St. Paul are when Gandalf comes through, yeah. and it's like, we're taking you on an adventure, and you're going to be different. <laughs> Different afterwards, like yeah, I feel like I can uh, commiserate with the wanting to travel, have that adventure, but like I had that all my life, and so I left, you know, Philadelphia to go to college somewhere else. I studied abroad. There's like ways to do it, but she kind of feels like even a vacation would be betraying um, her family and her background, her roots, and everyone's like very critical for that of her yeah. for that too. And you can also make a day trip. Like, how about you drive to Winnipeg, which is the closest no. um, metro area to the <laughs> no. Twin Cities? Um, no, that would be, it'd be betraying the St. Paul way. All right. Like, even later born, on. born in St. Paul, die in St. Paul. That's yeah. how, that's what they all, all say out Nothing there. Nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but even, like, later on when she's talking about going to Paris for a week, everyone's convinced she's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And, like, and her, not to jump ahead, but her dad's like, well, you don't have to, like, you know, give up your life for love. It's like, she just wants to travel. Like, she can come back. That's okay. <laughs> she's no. not allowed yeah, to do that. Seen- have you ever seen Taken? Mm. That might it, it, that happens in France, though. You saw what happened to Herb when <gasps> That's he, where Paris is. Yeah. You, yeah, Herb can't speak anymore because he traveled. Yeah. Yeah. Herb traveled out of this movie and he never came back. Um, but so that's the end of the first round. Bob, would you mind reading the scores for us? I, w- I will read the scores. It's a pretty close game. Uh, in third place, I have six points. In second place, we have Mo with seven points. And in first place, we have Sebastian with eight points. Whoa, that is close. So back at her father's house, Herb is still there, struggling to brush (laughs) away a small pile of wood chips with a push broom. Um, He almost has his first line here when Sarah comes in to acknowledge him, but he only just nods and goes back to his pile. 
Um, she angrily recounts to her father the three things that have happened in this movie: breaking up with Brian, shutting down her like shut being shut down by her very polite boss, and planning to build a snowman with her best friend. A thing they've done for like twenty years. Not in front of Herb, all this, yeah. like, complaining. But he, He's going to get scared I, and leave the movie. <laughs> I did want to ask, though. So when she walks in, she tells her dad, she's like, well, I broke up with Brian, blah, blah, blah. Didn't that happen before the last time she saw her dad? So she, she no, she says, if, that, like, she says that in the morning before she goes to Nick. That's the time. That, okay. At, after she comes oh, home. Okay. After right. she comes home, she also explains to her dad that she broke up with Brian that yeah. day. Uh, yeah, she broke yeah. Up I know what you mean, Sebastian, because it, when she started, I was like, didn't we already see this scene? Yeah, yeah I was but, like, wait, no, I'm not this... that dumb. Like, why are you telling me again? <laughs> no, this time I have a second thing to complain about. And then a third thing that hasn't happened yet, which is spending quality time with my professed best friend. Um <laughs> But yeah, we get the wonder, we get the origin story of her wonderlust here. Can anybody tell me where her parents met? They met in Paris. Yeah, she says, it's all your fault. I'm so wistful. You and mom met in Paris. Well, a lot of movies, when they try to film in Paris, they'll film in Budapest because it's much cheaper. So I feel like they actually would have done something like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They can get away with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it looks yeah. it looks enough uh, like Paris. Hungary, Hungary is like we are so desperate for tourism that yeah, we'll just let you pretend it's Paris. So <laughs> yeah. So she she has dad. Do you ever think about leaving? Doesn't it make you sad staying here, sleeping in the same bed as her? Only when you bring it up, lady. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus Christ, this woman is yeah. so rude to everybody in the beginning of this move, in yeah. movie. Caroline was laughing so hard at that. She was like, yeah, it was my wife. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, my next question to kind of continue that thread. When does, how long has it been since her mom died? 10 years. Yeah, it's been almost 10 years, they say. Um he gives her this advice. It's not about where you are, sweetie. It's about who you're with. Um, and now we reveal the mandated magic item in this movie. So yeah, is it a magical scarf? Uh, do we have the time? Yeah. So, um, if it's magic, insofar as it is the thing that's on the snowman when it becomes coal, and the two times that she begin, she sees the men as like her soulmate are both when they are handing her the scarf. Oh, yeah. So I the that nuance. That nuances, yeah. <laughs> it happened. I don't know if that's nuanced. He pulls out the scarf from the big wooden chest that I guess only houses the scarf or something. In the middle of the room. It looks like the that's like dustiest fuck. It's yeah. like covered in sawdust. Yeah, it kind of it's it. built like, like the the like um why am I blanking? The Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. It's like a big <laughs> chest that like that just has the one item in it. It's so weird when they don't look, look directly into it. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah. Do you remember how like Herb's face was melting as he <laughs> said it was beautiful? <laughs> yeah. Um, but how did the, what's the origin of the scarf? More like kind of specifically, um, Sebastian. So uh, he was wandering the streets of Paris on Christmas Eve. Which what? Why were you doing that? A lot of people that? are by themselves on Christmas Eve in this movie. It's like a solitary yeah. holiday. In, in, <laughs> At least in the Twin Cities. 
And I think he has the scarf, and he says that he wishes he would meet the love of his life, and then meets the mom? Maybe. Um, that's basically right, but, um, yeah, I'm gonna well, see if, if she can get it closer. Okay, so if he, makes, he makes a wish on, on Christmas that he would meet the love of his life, and the next day he describes Paris as being black and gray, like, I guess he's a noir film, I don't mm-hmm. quite know, but he sees, uh, his, his future wife wearing the red scarf, and the red scarf like he picks her out of the crowd because of the red scarf. Yeah, he doesn't have the scarf originally. He makes a wish and then and then she is it's wearing the scarf. It's like a Schindler's List scenario where it's all black and white and then there's the one red object. <laughs> Which does make me wonder about the scarf's powers because he he didn't Okay, so the, putting the scarf in the snowman makes sense. It's you put a hat on Frosty, he comes to life, there's a magical object. But he didn't have the scarf when he made the wish. So like I don't fully understand like the magic of the scarf and how he got pulled into it. I think the scarf it. Will, it will deliver you love because basically Cole's role in the film is to bring Sarah love, kind of like how I guess the mom brought the dad love. It also looked by... like a very basic looking scarf. They could have yeah. got some it was little so basic. It just, it just looked like they, they it's a yeah, cheap polyester it was, yeah. looking mm. like, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think they sprinkled some life powder on it. Oh, yeah. that's probably what did it. There it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a talisman, basically. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, um, along with understanding or understanding less or more, getting more information about the magic scarf, we also get some information about um, one of Sarah's past boyfriends in this scene. Does anybody remember which one? Well, I think they mention that she dated Nick. Yep. At one point. Yeah. The only for, other boyfriend yeah. that this lovesick woman has ever um, been with, as far as we know, is Nick and her dated in high school. And I wrote this in my notes here. Herb is officially gone. He's not even. He doesn't even make it to the end of this scene. Um, even before the scene ends, he seemed to have just walked off of set. Herb, if you're listening, come on the show. It'll be you. And um, one of the people from Mara Vista. And Better please. start making a snowman, Herb. Yeah. Please call in. Let's hey, know you are okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So outside she meets Nick, and he's got a big duffel bag. Are those the goods? Yep, straight from my closet. Um, Does he have the stuff for her snowman in his closet? Because again, every it's year, every year the snowman seems to be outfitted with Nick's stuff. Again, sort of. He a has weird... no pride. No, this man <laughs> is broken. He yeah. is a broken man. He, yeah, he's been broken by a snowman <laughs> up until this point. Yeah. Even though the snowman is wearing his clothes, and some could say like is just who he is. Yes. No. I, I, <laughs> he again, is a blank slate snowman. Yeah. It is him. Irony hasn't made its way that far north yet to Winnipeg. <laughs> um, it was hanging out with Prince in the Twin Cities. Um, so we now have our final snowman build of the movie. Um, for my next question, can you guys give me some of the specifics, like the clothing that this snowman is decked out in? Sebastian? Damn it. I thought you were going to ask about the qualities of the man that she wants. Um, I mean, that was my next question. So you can also say the list off those if you want. But both of them are. Okay. I, I can I can list off those if somebody else wants to do the clothing items. But okay. I so 
for for the the man that she wants he's got to be adventurous mm-hmm. not afraid to go off the beaten path mm-hmm. see the world he's got to be gorgeous charming the perfect gentleman have abs be smart but not arrogant sweet down to earth make her laugh incredibly romantic sweep her off her feet she needs to feel excitement her heart wants to set on fire and she needs to have the look in the eyes that she wants to know so you wrote down a lot more How than did I you wrote. Remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went into a I fugue like, state I know there. This <laughs> yeah, you, you, your eyes rolled into the back of your head. Yeah. It's like me listing oh. off the different distance between the Twin Cities and Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, I wrote down like adventurous, gorgeous, funny, sweeps her off her feet, and will set her heart on fire. Each of those is pretty much represented immediately by something that Nick pulls out of his um, bag. Um, do you guys re- um, remember like um, the some of the clothing items? Okay, so sorry, this is the question about what the snowman is wearing, like or wearing okay. or looks like, because some of the things are like on the snowman more or less. Yeah. Okay, but. and I go. Um, so is this when he's wearing the flannel? Yeah, that was has, when uh, he says hat. for adventure. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. a hat um, is Nick's hat, Nick's which hat, for yeah. funny, that's when she says he has to be funny. And she pulls Nick's hat again, constantly taking Nick's clothes off and putting it on. <laughs> I this don't recall snowman. that it was a funny hat. No, it wasn't. It's just I think because Nick Maybe. is funny or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's just telling the audience like I want someone just like you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. not you. Yeah. Not you. you have a couple. There's a couple of other ones. Uh, do you remember? Um, I know she she drew the abs on him. Yep, for go- uh, when gorgeous happens, she says gorgeous. They draw abs on him. Yeah, and then I don't remember the other one. Yeah, there's two more. Um, Bob, do you want to like? Do you have it? Uh, well, she says I want him to sweep me off my feet, and he puts a broom. Yep, broom. Oh. So she he had a novelty and, broom. Yeah. Presumably, he bought that. He didn't have that in his closet. <laughs> Um, He's now putting money into the snow. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one. Um, so yeah, we can. You guys can both um, get a point for that. Do you remember the last? Yeah, thing? Yeah. Well, they put the scarf on. Yep. Him. When yeah. he says so, um, it'll set her heart on fire. He puts her father's scarf, or I guess her mother's scarf. Mother's scarf. Yeah. So um, on there, and then as we kind of mentioned in the cold open, he takes a picture with his tablet. Something that not even in in 2017 anybody would do. No, tablets were cool, but so were iPhones and other like kind of the choc- the candy bar shaped like cell phones that you could do a cell. Sometimes with. you'll see like old people will yeah. like yeah. use your like tablet, yeah. like ask yeah. people. <laughs> yes, like you would be like. I'm gonna film this, but yeah, uh, yeah. no. Otherwise, no. Yeah, like, that's I- not a. I wouldn't bring my iPad out into the snow or my tablet out to the snow because where is he putting that while Certainly making the snowman? No. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you can put a phone also, in your pocket and protect it from the, the weather, but the iPad you can't. His life's work is on that iPad. If he drops yeah. it in the snow and it like breaks, <laughs> he loses whatever he makes money on. Yeah, he so. loses all of those drawings of Sarah breaking up with her other boyfriends <laughs> that he keeps drawing. And sending uh, to newspapers. Yeah, in this scene, after they build the snowman, Sarah says that she hopes that by Christmas she'll have love, which is 13 oh, days away. Oh, well, girl. 12 days if you like are assuming that tonight she's not going to make any like progress. That's a real short time frame. Okay, uh, there's a lot of things that Sarah does that I'm going to defend. Uh, that's not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just that's just crazy. I also don't understand why like having a, a fallen, like what what's the correlation between love and Christmas? Like, why do you need to be in love by Christmas? 
Christmas. Because uh, it's Hallmark. Yeah, I yeah, was going to say. I would think, yeah, like, that, and she mentions New Year's Eve. I imagine that's when you want to, you know, have someone to kiss. Yeah, Christmas and, is, is not really a romantic holiday in the way that, like, New Year's, yeah. you think about coupling on New Year's a little bit more than you do on Christmas. It's a weird I like. deadline. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, like, the idea being that, like, like Christmas is an enjoyable holiday when you already have an established partner whom you've been with for a while. Yeah, yeah. you Not don't want to be with oh, somebody brand new yeah, on exactly. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an that's yeah. an odd. Uh, Abandon your family want. and be with the stranger on Christmas. Yeah, or yeah. be thrust into some stranger's family <laughs> yeah. on Christmas. Yeah, but yeah, the um, I wrote here. Nick doesn't seem to get to take his hat back. He's going to be cold, <laughs> so we can commiserate with him. Um, so that night, Sarah, we find Sarah tossing and turning. She can't seem to sleep. What does she do to kind of calm herself? Did anybody remember? Oh. I, this is kind of a small thing, but it's, I found it so crazy that I had to write it down. Uh, Sebastian? Well, now I think I might be wrong. I thought she looks like a photo of her mom. She does look at a photo with her mom, but it goes a little bit further than that. Okay. Uh, I, I did write down that she she sleeps in her in a robe, That's which makes absolutely. <laughs> and then also too, her yeah. hair is straight, and she's like very well made up. And then the next morning she has curlers in her hair, which I was like, I don't, I don't have curly hair, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would no. you go in that no, order? No, and, and we'll get to that, but you don't wake up and put curlers in your hair. That's not no. how that works. But yeah, I was also thrown sense. off by the fact that she got out of bed and was wearing a robe and then mm -hmm. went back to sleep wearing the robe as well. All right. With well, makeup on, too. <laughs> well, Sebastian, you were close, but I don't know if I can give this to you. What she actually does That's is fine. she wakes up, she looks at the picture of her mom, she picks up the framed picture brings it back to her bed and curls up with it to go to sleep, which is dangerous. Oh. That's like wood and glass. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I always sleep with like sheets of glass in my bed, but you're that's just me, right? Because yeah. yeah. I'm adventurous. Yeah, yeah. That's the most important thing, having an adventure. Um, so we then um, see the panning shot of the snowman and a twinkle of a star. So... I got to ask this now. This is just a question to the group. Is Cole actually a snowman? I was like, wondering that too. Like, is he no. not like of, like of flesh and like of Adam and Eve, like the flesh of man? Like, where, where, is his, where are his origins? No, he's, he, I, I don't even, because the weird thing about the movie is that they hint at the idea because he's like, oh, my, my, my fingers are like icicles or he's like by the fire and he's like, oh, this is so hot. I love cold. And it's like, okay. But then they never show to the either the audience or another character that he is actually a snowman. So I don't know that there's any like empirical way you could say, yes, he is. He's just a strange person who shows up. Well, it's funny because we talk a lot on the podcast about the, the, when movies have mysticism like this and what the rules are. But no one, like Nick does a couple times, no one questions him at all. So like the movie no. gets away with him be quotation marks being a snowman because there's nothing that really comes from it if, aside from a few jokes like he's a plot device obviously but like there's no there's no second thought about it there's no question of it there's no like and i guess the snowman appears at the end so he is technically but i felt like i don't know nick was warranted to think he was a crazy person i i kept thinking throughout the movie at several points that he actually was just a crazy person mm -hmm. yeah i mean the big thing that makes me think that nick is a snowman is he has 
like a woman in the movies that we cover level of no interpersonal life or thoughts. <laughs> like he's truly like a blank sn- slate, like as if he has a head full of snow or something, mm-hmm. something that he, a he human says, says <laughs> like a real human thing, thing to say. Yeah. Say. So I, I thought of like, this is a, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but it, it sort of felt like his character was kind of like Jack Nicholson in um, anger management, uh, the film. Just in the sense that, like, the whole plan is to basically mess with the person that this guy is trying is in love with in order to then actually secretly trick them into being together. And I'm like, I guess that's the goal, but it doesn't, I don't know, it just, it, the whole idea that, like, he's the snowman, I'm like, there's no way of actually being able to say that because outside of some, like, funny jokes where it's like, oh, he looks at the carrot and he's like, my gosh, or when he's talking to Hank the snowman, like... Yeah, yeah, no okay. one tries to investigate There's no, yeah. Yeah, no one tries to investigate it, and there's no, like, you know, uh, turn back into a pumpkin at midnight kind of thing. He's just mm-hmm. there as long as they wanted to be there for it. And I don't know how much further he could have gotten out of St. Paul or Minnesota because he's, does like, they're talking about traveling to Paris, and he does not have a passport, I don't think, or social yeah. security number. Will he turn, will he melt when he leaves? I like, I had a lot of questions. Why, why um, would he have a passport? Yeah, I had a lot of questions <laughs> about, like, what, where's his money coming from? Yeah. Like, how does he get this carriage? I was like, is all of it snow? It's like all of the, like, his money is actually just snow. It yeah. melts eventually. Like, yeah, he I, makes money out of snow and puts the stuff right, around it overnight. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, I think like so. Okay, so I actually liked the uh, fact that they never really explicitly say that he's a snowman, but it's like, yeah, I actually liked that. Like, I I thought it was good that it was like clearly he was, but they didn't like just outright show it or outright say it. And the reason why I think I can't really uh, like approve is this movie doesn't do anything really well like like it doesn't (laughs) it's like even though i like that they still they don't do it well you know what i mean how dare you it's the same same problem we have with the jokes where like that's a good like the isabel joke is a good joke and this movie does nothing for it it's the same thing where in my head i'm like oh this is a hallmark sort of love story where one of the characters is canonically a snowman i'd love for it to a not acknowledge it and b make everything that he does sort of a weird meta (laughs) wink at the audience about him being a snowman like being a snowman but it's weirdly until like three-fourths of the way through the movie where i'm like appreciating like the snowman specifics because like the whole time i'm like are are we supposed to be paying attention to how the characters are responding to the weird things he's saying and the answer is no you're supposed to just be enjoying the weird things he's saying but the movie doesn't do a good enough job at like pointing you to that where it's like it's sort of and and this might be a weird sort of thing to compare it to but it's like the um steve carell character in anchorman where Mm -hmm. he's like obviously he's kind of like a dimwit and he says a lot of silly things but like 90 percent of the silly things like the other characters don't even really acknowledge and like the you're supposed to just enjoy steve carell being silly and then like the one or two times where it gets like meta is like a like a relief to a joke which is something (laughs) that if you understand joke writing you can really like appreciate but this it's like i and i wrote it down the first like um it's much later in the movie but the first like time that cole says something 
snowman specific and i'm like this is funny like this is Mm -hmm. this is like like framed in a way that the joke that cole has been saying this whole movie finally lands yeah there were a couple of jokes uh, snowman jokes that he does that i really liked like Mm -hmm. unironically that Mm -hmm. i thought were good but that's about it for the movie i pretty much like all of them (laughs) unironically on paper yeah but there's only like one or two where they give the joke enough room to breathe Mm mm-hmm and yeah, we'll get to them yeah. like later. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, to Bob's point, I do. It, it is kind of nice that they don't like, you know, they're not like, "Hey, everyone, he's a snowman," and then it's like it, you know. I, I could see how that could also be like a not as good, but it it just feels to me as though like they're like, "Oh, there's implied magic," but they never make any effort whatsoever to actually like go the audience that it's just sort of like it happens to all just work out and then we're just like okay cool you know i i don't know yeah and and i also just think it's it's weird that they're like i don't know that all these films are like oh it's about christmas which is like a religious holiday and then there's magic in the film but then the film the the magic has to be secular like you know other other type of magic as (laughs) opposed to I, I don't know. It's, it's just a funny magic. thing. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas magic. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So the next day after the um, cut scene with the snowman, the twinkling star and whatever, um, she wakes up claiming to feel better. But as she continues to talk, it's like very clear that she's kind of being ironic. Does anybody remember the specific? I wrote it down. She says if she gets lonely, she can always become something. Sebastian? Uh, I was going to say get a turtle. Yeah, but yeah, she says she'd become a turtle lady <laughs> yeah, yeah. if she gets turtle oh, okay. So yeah. yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. So then um, her dad has the shocking reveal that the snowman is gone. But we spent all that time talking about all the specifics they added to the snowman, so that can't be true. Um, does anybody remember who she suspects has like knocked over the snowman? Um, Dean Papadopoulos. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Dean Papadopoulos Jr. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Um, and she also, for a follow-up question, she has a, um, a derogatory thing that she calls Dean Papadopoulos Jr. Does anybody remember what it is? It's a real Peanuts level, like, insult. Sebastian? Does she call him a blockhead? No, but it's really close to that. Um, if you nobody... said peanuts, I was like... No. So I'm, I'm curious. She calls him a bag of rocks. Says <gasps> Dean Papadopoulos Jr. Is it's even more... She, even more, a bigger bag of rocks than his dad is. <laughs> but instead of a bag of rocks, Sarah finds a flannel full of coal at the door. Um, he's returning the scarf. And he also wipes... <laughs> Um, uh, face cream off of her, yeah. which a very mm. bold thing for a stranger to do. She which, doesn't have a zit. No, she, it she doesn't have a zit. No. No. We didn't mention it before, but yeah, she's... That it's, was magic too. It yeah. was there before, but... It's, yeah. it's, also, it, as to why she has to have a zit, I don't even know. There's no, there's no purpose in having, like, she could have just looked exactly the same as she did when she went to sleep, which was in full makeup with like very yeah. well done hair yeah, like, there's, I don't no, know there's no blemishes in this movie Her- herb is, no. is perfectly contoured <laughs> in this movie like he looks better than i do right now yeah but if she woke up that morning to put like cream on a zit she doesn't want that getting wiped off it has to stay on for a little yeah. bit so it's not actually right helpful. especially by a complete stranger like he reaches yeah. over and like touches her face like mm-hmm. granted he's attractive but a stranger yeah. touching your face is yeah. upsetting on yeah for yeah. him anyway 
Yeah, well, we've already said several weird things about Cole, but can somebody tell me what the first snowman particular weird thing about Cole is that we get in this movie? Sebastian? That his fingers are like icicles. Yeah, he has cold mm-hmm. hands, practically icicles for fingers, says Cole, in a in a like a very sort of friendly way, but again, like a, one of the first of many upsetting things that he <laughs> says to people he barely knows. Um, he proposes they get lunch, a proposal almost as forward as wiping facial cream off of a stranger <laughs> yeah. in their home. She emphatically says yes for reasons that are not clear like at lightning. the scene and also after watching the movie. Nah. Is it is it lightning, lightning or is it spark or is it a forest fire? I get she it. I get it mixed up. Them. Yeah. <laughs> she her body is emulsified in flames and yeah. She's basically a husk from all of the fire and brimstone. Um, so we cut to the street in downtown <coughs> St. Paul. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely St. Paul. Um, Nick and Sarah bump into each other. Uh, again, like kind of unlikely to, I think, in the metro of St. Paul. Well, they're going to the same place, aren't they? Yeah. So a little more like Yeah, that. but Sarah also seems really confused about the happenstance <laughs> of bumping into this guy. Nick seems really confused that like this is all happening to her like bumping into this guy um yeah she's like oh this is like great and he says yeah or it's a sign that he's a social media stalker with highly questionable motives and she responds he's not a stalker he's gorgeous i wrote that down because girl you gotta work on your red flags yeah stalkers can be gorgeous they're not mutually exclusive like mm-hmm. that is not like yeah, like she should have questioned a lot more, and I get it, she was falling in love, but like Nick brings up a lot of good points. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you do post this photo every year with your snowman ma- named Cole, so this guy named Cole shows up. Like, She just brushes everything away, being like, nope, this is it. It's great. Stalkers mm-hmm. uh, can't be gorgeous. Yeah, and after, after they get lunch, he's like, well, I want to see you again. Do you want to get dinner? And I'm like... Whoa! What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You want you want to do two dates in the same day? She That's... only has two weeks to fall in love, man. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta get that, your meals in. I don't know. That would be a a very concerning thing to hear from someone. Mm-hmm. Like no, yeah, you yeah. gotta do it before he melts. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So she glibly in this scene tells Nick that his hat is gone again. Yeah. Nick is like he must have a closet full of hats or maybe a safe. Um, he also presumably also lost his flannel shirt and novelty broomstick. Like, what is he going to outfit the, um, it's good. The next year's snowman's going to be in rags. Like he's not going to be able to afford anything new. Yeah. He's a, a cartoonist. It doesn't get published anywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's, he's a Yeah. And this scene, Sarah says, he's taking me to lunch and I don't even know anything about him. She well, says proudly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These two friends. Um, touch each other a lot I wrote because she tussles his hair in this scene they're grabbing their shoulders these two platonic friends are can't keep their hands off of each other and so we cut to the um, office Isabel says tall handsome flannel sign me up I like he definitely is wearing flannel one check there handsome like I don't think he's an unattractive guy tall no. He's shorter than Nick. He's shorter than Sarah. He's shorter than Isabel. I don't know if we get a side-by-side of him with like um, Sarah's dad. 
I don't know if there's a character in this movie that Cole is taller than. Yeah, they could have easily changed that after they cast it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like one of the qualities, but they kept it. Yeah, that's 100% that was written before they casted Cole, <laughs> who does a fine job, but like again, tall. There's a lot of qualities. It's like like um I don't know, like well, okay, Cole doesn't really bring a lot to the table as a character. He's a snowman yeah, that's been like, brought to life. When you have, like, you know, top-of-the-line talent, you're like, we have to go with this actor. Mm-hmm. Even if, like, maybe there was a different idea before the character was written, it's just like, we have him in the building, we need to film, let's just get going. Right? Yeah, they I'm sure that's that script in stone, so they really couldn't change much. Yeah. Exactly. exactly I thought they sculpted right? it out of snow. <laughs> But it weirdly, because he is, I wanted to bring this up because Cole, I, I do think I like Cole's, what Cole brings to this movie. Weirdly, because he also is a shorter actor, he sort of has a Tom Cruise energy, like sort of like a real full of energy positivity. Like um, when he's calling like Nick Little Buddy, they really, it, just everything about him is like, it's like this guy's North Star is like a Tom Cruise performance in like a movie. Yeah. And he's taller than him, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He keeps calling him little. No, I kept yeah. waiting for him to call that out. Like for Because Nick was so upset about being called little guy. I kept waiting for Nick to be like, I am a head taller yeah. than you. And I really wanted them to call that out. Sarah so, is taller than you. <laughs> I think the reason why he calls him little guy and I might be doing too much work for the movie, is because when he first meets Nick, it's when he is little, right? Yeah. Which is 18 years ago, so maybe the snowman's just like, oh. No, I think you're... This is the little guy, like... I think you're right, Sebastian, but that also makes um, Cole's romance (laughs) with um, Sarah, uh, like, bad. (laughs) Yeah, So it it really is sort of like a choose... Pick your poison here. Either like uh, you can make sense of the little buddy thing with Nick and you're shackled with the Sarah like (laughs) reality or it's like Cole has only gained sentience this like day. An also frightening thing. But then he's like he doesn't have any good names to call (laughs) Nick who pretty much up until the very end of the movie seems to have no problem with other than weirdly calling him little buddy. But to speak yeah. your point, I, mean, I did like Cole's energy. I thought he did the actor did a good job. There was times though where he felt more like a puppy dog come to life as mm-hmm. a human. I, I guess I don't know how to personify a snowman besides mm-hmm. Frosty, and I guess he had a lot of energy. But there were just times where he was running around. Like I thought he was going to start panting at one point like, <laughs> because he he just looked like a puppy dog with his energy and excitement. Yeah, he had he had like a manic episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think also like just the the insult of little guy just sort of felt like somebody googled what it what's a good insult and then they just looked at the first thing and then they just wrote that down. They're like, we'll just do that from now on. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to put more effort into this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So back at the um office. Um, Isabel does not want to miss like uh, Cole picking Sarah up, so she says, "I'll eat lunch at my desk." Does anybody remember what her lunch is? I think it's an elk burger or elk sandwich. Yep, elk sandwich. <laughs> yeah, this this um, Isabel is fueled by elk. This machine <laughs> runs on elk. Um, sounded kind of good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so her boss wants to see her. And it turns out that she is going to assign um, Cole 
Aina assigned Nick and Sarah the feature story. Again, they're like blown away by this, but it seems like there are three employees in this. <laughs> they're bringing in an illustrator. Um, and we know it's December 13th, the day after the December 12th snowman. And now she is bringing in like a new employee, onboarding a new employee to write the Christmas like um like a it's feature so story. She said she yeah. emphasized so that yeah. it was the most important yeah. article like story of the year because of the subscribers that um do it after the new year. So I don't yeah. understand why you would start you wouldn't have an idea <laughs> yeah. for your most important story that keeps your paper running two weeks yeah. before time and then like and they're shocked Not to be like you have weeks. to give us a story by tomorrow tomorrow it's like yeah you should have had this two weeks ago yeah <laughs> you it planned this all year out. on december you want to um publish no, it should your... be out in like november or october yeah like... you want to have your christmas story published presumably sometime in early december you want to have your christmas issue out but it came well, out no but the, the issue yeah yeah, the issue is also for what can you do in St. Paul uh, for Christmas if you come here. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like if you if you even if you release it December first, you're just basically saying we only have twenty days for people to come here and do things. Like, she releases it on Christmas itself when it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all done. It's over. She calls the feature story the crown jewel of the magazine, <laughs> and um, this episode of the podcast you're listening to right now was I started writing it 17 days before the time it's scheduled to be released. This is less time than that. It's 12 days before Christmas. (laughs) So they're doing a whole magazine article with writing and illustrations, and they are spending less time on it than I did on this podcast. Um, They congratulate each other. She has a featured story, and he is getting published. Two obvious milestones, but milestones that should have happened much l- earlier in the lives of these two people who do these as a career. Um, but they, they, um, as you said, um, Mo, they have to come up with a idea for a featured story about St. Paul for the Christmas episode by tomorrow. That sort that idea sort of tells itself. I think they should write about St. Paul around Christmas time, but they have to brainstorm to figure out what the story is. Yeah, they even later on mention like a specific carnival that happens this time of year, which I don't remember if we saw or not. But like that's if, if your town already does something, then talk about that. It shouldn't be that hard to think about. So um, we will talk about it, but for I'll just. Um, I'll table set it now. It happens in January. Oh, okay. Did I get that wrong then? Uh, no, they also say it in, yeah, they say it in the like thing to, in the, um, they mentioned that it is, takes place in January because it is a real event that does really happen, oh. not really in Winnipeg, but okay. in St. Paul. Um, so <laughs> they can't, I, like I said, they need to um, brainstorm, but it's almost daytime. So they have to table the brainstorm until tonight because no one is going to go on like, um, the tonight sounds fine because nobody is going to have a date like lined up between now and like then. So Cole <laughs> picks her up in a handsome cab and where there's like a big crowd around there, 
But I looked it up. You can get handsome cabs in St. Paul, much like here you can in Philadelphia. It's not that crazy to see a handsome cab on the streets of St. Paul. don't do it on a first date with no. someone oh, that you've no. like barely met. My gosh. If if that's what people are blown away by, then I get that. Yes. It's like, look at this weirdo picking up his a woman he met hours ago <laughs> in a handsome cab for a lunch date. Like, yeah, that would be something you would want to eat your elk sandwich at your desk to see. I would have appreciated the attention because then if I were to disappear later that day, everyone saw where I was last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the... Um, I wrote down the cab driver sort of looks like a Ben Affleck meets James Gandolfini. <laughs> so do with that what you will, audience. Um, so he, she asks, where are we going? His response, on an adventure. Not something that Amanda presumably wants to hear, because I imagine she gets like 30 minutes for lunch or something <laughs> like that. If he, You're getting into a handsome cab and going on an it's adventure. It's a very long lunch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, she talked about having to spend the rest of the day working on the article, which I don't think she does either because she still doesn't have an idea later at seven. Mm-hmm. She never works. No, she, we don't even. She types up that article when? When yeah. did you, when did you um, do that? I uh, through the magic of pausing the video, I read the article did and you? I have some. We did, we did too. Yeah, yeah. there are so many typos. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're typos, and it's not very long. It is. It's like it's horrible. I didn't. I didn't go totally like a beautiful mind about it, but I believe the script that I'm reading from has more words in it than the article. That that is the sort of the whole nexus of this movie. Um, but back into the back in the handsome cab. Um, it's not just a handsome. It's not a handsome cab ride without sightseeing. Um, what wildlife do they see on this handsome cab ride? There's a deer going through the snow. Yeah, he which says they definitely caught like while filming one day. Like, oh, quick, 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 film that. We're gonna put it in the uh, movie. I even think it's less than no, that. It's I, just it, stock footage. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so aggressively in on like a mountainside. Like the, yeah. it's like it's like a sheer mountain face, which. Again, I haven't been to St. Paul um, area, but I don't think in the metro area there's just like a big old like mountain like just. Well, but even see. in the shot, like you can clearly just tell from like how like the carriage is being filmed, like it's all flat. So yeah. then, what would they be looking at? They're like looking. You're like looking down at like a a snowy hillside. Like yeah, yeah the line. I wrote down the line read too from uh, Cole. Um, Check out that deer. I paid that deer to walk through right there so you could see it. Um, again, like a frightening thing to say. Um, yeah, it's not a great joke. Yeah, he also says he ordered the sun to come out, so he hopes that she likes the temperature. And he also gives her a canteen and says it's an ancient recipe. I would not drink that. Yeah. We find out in the restaurant that it's hot chocolate. <laughs> but It was really fun. You wouldn't want and I like give me a modern recipe for hot chocolate. Don't give me an ancient recipe for hot chocolate. It's like, oh yeah, I, I like crushed some cacao with my hand yeah, and dumped it in boiling water. It's really bitter. There's no sugar yeah, in it. Exactly, yeah. It's also it's, why would a snowman like a hot beverage? He doesn't drink it. We don't see him drink it. He just mm. hands it to her. But then how did he make it? <laughs> Well, it's ancient. Maybe well, it was made like in a, the before it's time. It's all snow, Sebastian. Say, Everything he has is snow. The carriage is snow. Like chocolate snow. The snow driver's like, snow. It's James Gandolfini snow. in the front is also. Uh, he doesn't have a. Yeah. He doesn't have a soul. Everything like, is snow. Yeah. 
It's uh, just one of his brethren soaked in chocolate, and he's like, <laughs> I killed you, and I've now soaked you in chocolate. Now drink, my brother. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's why it's so ancient. Um, so now we go to the real, like, sort of postmodern industrial, like, restaurant where they sort of eat. I think some of the char- one of the characters might eat something, but they mostly they don't talk. Eat anything. Yeah. So, um, what is the weird thing here that like Cole does at the restaurant that's super specific, snowman specific? Um, he sees the baked carrots on his plate and freaks out. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was one of the two good jokes that I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seems shy, and he also finds the temperature in the like thing to be really warm. But they sort of go to that well like three or four times, yeah. like that it's too warm. And I'm like, that one is hard. It's like it's like do you smell something cuz it's like it's not like we the audience can tell like that's weird. It might just be a normal thing. Like maybe it is kind of warm in that like <laughs> we don't know. We don't I think I made a note about how he talks about not wearing a coat because he's always warm. And I think the real reason he's not wearing a coat is that the the movie uh, uh, costume people really want to show off that collared sweater he wears all the time. Because I was watching a few Hallmark movies around Christmas. Every single romantic lead guy has that collared, like, cowl down, button down sweater. And it's like, oh, we can't cover that up with a coat. It's mm-hmm. too romantic looking. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that might be the case is most of the time these movies are filmed in, like, May mm-hmm. or something like that. And it it's stinks to be wearing a coat in like and it's like oh great they 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 show their breath a lot so i don't don't know if that's maybe another movie magic thing that they're doing but it does appear to be cold perhaps i don't know yeah yeah, i don't know for certain the like um cut the like um shooting months of this sebastian to your point like they are filming year round but there are definitely some productions that are like okay well we're we're shooting like six weeks between like April and May. And it's yeah. like, we got yeah. a snow machine, but we're mostly doing interiors and the exteriors are like, we're, we're like kind of playing with the angles and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It could also be winter in Winnipeg. Maybe not as bad as the, uh, the parade scene from Jingle All the Way that they filmed yeah. in LA in the summer and made everyone wear hats and coats for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wait, yeah. that wasn't in St. Paul either? Has any <laughs> film been filmed in St. No, Paul? No, <laughs> most of Jingle All the Way was filmed there, but they they did the parade scene in L.A. That was the only yeah. one they didn't shoot. Why are you reading from your like Jingle All the Way script there? Oh, damn it, wrong notes. <laughs> um, so back to the dinner. Um, so what is Cole's job? All right, he is involved in extreme tourism. The next factoid. What is his specialty? Sebastian. Uh, he does like polar expeditions. Polar exploration. Yep. If so, if it's dangerous and cold, chances are I've probably been there. I mean, you name it. No, really, you guys. I'm asking you guys to name it. Can anybody name the four places that he lists off no. that he has um, been to? Antarctica. That's one of them. Well, there's one that if you get it, I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> there, um, oh, so I think Sebastian knows. <laughs> I love um, this part. Yeah. Does he? He doesn't say Winnipeg. He does say Winnipeg. Okay, he and, says Winnipeg. and for that, you get yeah. a point. Okay. He says Russia, yeah. Alaska, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Antarctica, <laughs> yeah. and I looked it up. 
<laughs> According to Wikipedia, the city has a humid continental climate with a wide temperature range consisting between winter and summer and um, with greater precipitation in the summer. The mean January temperature is 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit, with the mean <laughs> oh July God. temperature being 67.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Not Ooh. a particularly polar place, <laughs> Winnipeg. It's cold. Yeah, it can get cold in January at like almost yeah. freezing on average, but it's, or I'm, I'm sorry, like um, at almost um, zero degrees Fahrenheit on average, but it's not Antarctica or like the wilds of Alaska or like Siberian Russia cold. <laughs> and it doesn't belong on your list of four places, unless perhaps you're really excited about the government of Canada letting you continue to film there. Yeah, they knocked a couple hundred <laughs> bucks off if they mentioned one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have to have a clarifying plot point with you guys. Um, was this him saying that when he's not a snowman every year, that he is just precipitation around the world, and that's why he says he's been to these places? Oh, we, we had <laughs> barely scratched the surface of, like, what are his memories... What are what like is the he? thing? What is he? What's it? I want to know his physiology. Cut him open. That's, I want to see yeah. like what's in there. But he talks Sorry. about traveling and and being in cold places. So I'm just wondering if he's constantly like uh, evaporating and precipitating in different places. But then he comes back to um to the Twin Cities every Christmas to be a snowman again. So I I think he's trying to say he's the same snowman each time, mm-hmm. but I don't I know if that was a stretch. Hmm. I was just going to say, that's why like I have so much trouble believing that he is a snowman, because he has an elaborate backstory. Like, even when there's the montage where, like, uh, um, Nick keeps being like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about this? He has decent answers for most of them, as not, if not all to not... <laughs> yeah, I actually... I... In fact, but... he doesn't answer, like, the name of his boss, his, no, but... his company. He, he's very nonspecific about a lot of things. Yeah. No, but he knows how to avoid all of those things like a human being, not like a snowman. <laughs> I feel like if a, a, snowman, a snowman would They're be like... They're so forthright. Well, <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever had parents before. Like, you know oh, what I mean? I like, took, I took that th- there seems to be answers. like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it appears to me like more like a con man than somebody who is uh, a snow person. There just doesn't seem man. to be any, there, there doesn't seem to be any indication that he struggles with being a human being which would make no sense if he was a snow a snowman. But I think it just if he wouldn't. was a con man, he would have a name for his fake uh, adventuring company. Yeah, I kind of agree that like almost the vagueness makes it more believable. Like as opposed to like, yeah, here are my I specifics. I like I've been like adventure for this long at this company. Like obviously mm-hmm. it's like like background check, but Sarah doesn't seem interested in background checking like anything mm-hmm. about him. He names he names four areas where he has been for his extreme tourism. Yeah, how does he know what the fuck like giant is? countries? How does like, he know what Russia is? Where did the snow person learn what Russia is? But that's did Nick and Sarah I'm... talk about Russia when they were building their snow person? They're like, good thing we're not in Russia right now. So like, as their precipitation the... theory comes into play, has he been? So we're saying that the precipitation the thing is more like okay. No, I'll tell you what it is. It's the it's the Christmas magic AI. <laughs> so it's the AI in the Christmas magic. You know, Christmas magic can do all kinds of things. I yeah. mean, I, it can at least do what an AI can do, I would yeah. think. You know, so the Christmas magic comes up with something with its magical algorithms. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, much like every snowflake is unique, every person who's watched this movie has a unique theory about what Cole is. Um, so he says he grew up in St. Paul, but traveled a lot. One person would know him. One person in the St. Paul metropolitan area. It's not that big of a place. The Twin Cities is about half the population of Winnipeg, according to Wikipedia, I kind of want it Cole to look up like birth certificate ref- records to see because he, yeah. he was You're, he Nick, was born there. He he's was like a coal birther. Yeah. It's like he wasn't actually born in the Twin Cities. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he says of when he when Cole's talking about St. Paul, he says it doesn't feel like home, but I was shaped here. Yeah, yeah, that's Again, one of the nods. Absolutely. Yeah spine tinglingly <laughs> terrifying that's when i knew yeah <laughs> i love the travel i was molded in- by it <laughs> yeah um sarah says i'd love to travel and see the world but you know sometimes i feel like i'm just stuck standing still yeah i know exactly what you mean cole <laughs> says i used to be a snowman <laughs> <laughs> again it's it's like you you imagine somebody are are like wait staff designated like um reporters because you see these two people talking like this they're like one of these people has kidnapped the other person <laughs> like I'm, I'm not sure which order it is but these are two people who are like one of them is unwell <laughs> and is being manipulated by the other one but unfortunately nobody intervenes and they go back to the magazine office and she agrees to have dinner with him um because cole is thirsty for attention um, so we cut to that night where Nick is waiting in his unlived in feeling vault for my next question. Um, uh, what does she bring as a peace offering? She brought a seven layer cake for yeah. him. Yeah. And so that seems to appease Nick of all his previous like uh, sort of problems with Cole, at least until he's done eating the cake. Um <laughs> So they seem to have writer's block again sometime later because there's a cut in this movie. So it could have been seconds after or it could have been years after. <laughs> um, so sort of to personify the writing block, um, Nick shows a drawing. What's the drawing of? Yeah. He, so they uh, it's a drawing of uh, her and Cole riding in the uh, 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 riding in the handsome cab. And she's saying, what a stallion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And he passively aggressively refers to Cole as what's his name, yeah. but he knows his name because yeah. it's the name of the snowman the that the they've snowman. been building for eighteen years. Yeah, every time Nick, every time Nick shows somebody their it's his thing that he's drawing. It seems like he's just been like scribbling away, but it's like a perfectly finished oh yeah, cartoon <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. sketched or yeah. anything. It's like colored yeah. in, yeah. yeah, and shaded. Yeah, it's shaded. Yeah, yeah. So Nick says, "Don't don't you find it?" Um, just a bit strange that this seemingly perfect guy with the same name as your fake dream boyfriend just happens to breeze into your life and melt your heart. That works as both a line from this movie and a question I have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but it also, like, in her defense, it's like, well, what what would the explanation be? That my snowman came to life? No, it would be like, um, as he keeps saying, like, somebody has been reading your social media where you're constantly posting about this coal snowman which is something he sort of brings up yeah. as a theory on the streets of saint paul and then never asks a second time but you're absolutely right like as soon as he drops that 
suggestion, it really does sort of fall to. It's like, well, Cole's a magical creature of some sort. <laughs> like, Where does Cole go at night? I, based on a scene that we will discuss later, <laughs> I think I know the answer to that. Um, yeah, so Sarah responds to his reasonable concerns. And as my best friend, you are bound by blood and friendship bracelets to support me no matter what. No. Even if I'm making a mistake. Both of those things are wrong. Yeah. Not by blood. And yeah. you should not support your friend's mistakes all the time. Yeah. Unquestionably. Mm, yeah. yeah. And But weirdly, Sarah is actually not the one who makes a mistake. Nick's actually the one that makes a mistake. What mistake does Nick make in this scene? Uh, so Nick sends a... The, sends an email to Amanda, the boss of the picture uh, that I was previously described. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he accidentally sends Amanda the picture of them in the handsome cab. Presumably it's just a email with no subject line and no text, just a picture. <laughs> Which usually when you send those emails out, they ask you, are you sure you want to send this without a yeah. subject line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, even in 2017. <laughs> yeah. Text. yeah, so... Um, yeah, the her the next day they kind of cut to it. the boss like runs with like this presumably contextless drawing and has a whole idea for <laughs> the um, featured article for the magazine. Can anybody explain to me what the magazine feature article is? <laughs> Sebastian. Uh, that they're gonna do uh, romantic activities while Nick takes pictures of them. Uh, yeah, basically, she says, exploring the traditional fun, romantic things young couples can do in the Twin Cities at Christmas time, um, which is not, maybe we should workshop that title yeah. a little bit, Amanda. She, she says, I know, we'll do a plot device where you have to follow yeah. her around. And, <laughs> and But they also, to your point of plot devices, they treat this scene like it's a zany comedy moment. Like they're getting away with murder that they're like, uh, yeah, that's what the idea was. Yeah. Did they not have a second idea? Did they not like an hour later send a follow up? Like, here's, stopped the, working. here's the three ideas, <laughs> yeah. Amanda, for our meeting tomorrow. Like, they're like, oh, we sent Amanda an email with no context, just a picture of my date today. Well, better go to bed. And, yeah. and then they go to the meeting tomorrow and they're like, well, we haven't discussed anything. Yeah, Isabel will come along, though, so Nick can be the fourth wheel. He do doesn't even get to be the third wheel in, in this, like... I kind of liked that part, though. It's so stupid, because she's like, oh, oh, I see what you mean. He'll feel like a third wheel, and it's like, are we not professionals? Like, yes. she's like, oh, she's like, oh, he might feel bad. I'll send somebody else. Yeah, take, like... take the rest of my staff to, to yeah. work on this article. So there's a fourth wheel, like mm -hmm. a car. Well, also, there's other shots where there are other people who... Are are walking in the hallways so like also she could have equally have just sent like that tall man who walks by in one scene or i don't know it's just like funny that like the only other person we can bring along is isabel who is somebody else who also spoke in this film like the tall guy was too tall know. they couldn't have him by comparison. yeah my next question uh what's their next romantic trip or the i guess their first romantic trip that they go on uh this is ice skating yep they go ice skating at the pond um when Sarah asks Cole if he's cold, um, does anybody remember his response? You can imagine it's being said in Bane's voice, if that helps. <laughs> well, well, that now does. I now I yeah. want to guess. <laughs> um, 
You think the cold is your friend? <laughs> Almost. I was born. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was born in the snow. <laughs> yeah, it's like a writing exercise where it's like, okay, he's a snowman. What can we sprinkle in the dialogue that doesn't totally confirm it, but would still be weird to say? And then everyone else's prompt is, don't respond to the weirdness of the... It's like, you have to be as weird as you can about your snowman specifics, and everyone else has to ignore them. Um, it's like, well, I'm made of snow. And everybody just like laughs or something. Yeah. Like, what? But it's even weirder because no one even yeah. does the laugh right, where it's right. like he says, like, I'm made of snow. And then the conversation <laughs> continues as if nothing was said. Um, it's really dangerous of a baby born in the snow. I feel like that's like instant mm-hmm. health concerns. Yeah. Um, Isabel asks Nick how long he, he's been in love with Sarah. And he's like, it's ob- it's like, is it obvious? It's like, yeah. It is obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get more info about Nick and Sarah's breakup. They only dated for about a week. And um, for my next question, does anybody remember where the breakup happened? Sebastian? Uh, It happened at their high school gym. Um, I want more specific than that. It was during like a was it during a Christmas show or a, a theater production? Or a Christmas pageant. Yep, the Christmas pageant. Yeah, so you got that one, Mo. Um, yeah. And so we get this, uh, like two very strange lines from yeah. Isabel here. The first yeah. being, I mean, it has all the components of like the most classic breakups, right? It's got a public setting, epic misunderstandings and hilarious pratfalls. That we're never going to hear yeah, about that, yeah, no, ever yeah. again. They don't ever tell us. And she also makes a comment earlier than that where he's like, wait, you know about the, the Christmas pageant? She's like, everyone knows about the Christmas. They're still in a pretty big city. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of high schools. I don't. I think it's pretty broad. She could just said like, oh, yeah, I'm really close with Sarah. She told me about it. Like, everyone knows about yeah. the Christmas pageant. <laughs> again, something that happened to them when they were in, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard, I heard that the gym in the school, don't say which school, don't worry about it, still has like a huge dent from the impact when you fell off the stage. Ironically, it's heart-shaped. If a high school-aged child fell so hard that his body made a dent in in like the stage at the school that remains to this day, wouldn't he have been killed by the impact? (laughs) He's not Superman. Like if when Superman goes through a building... He's he like survives it when um like a teenage Nick goes through like the <laughs> the floor of a gym yeah. he perishes yeah she's like when you had that Acme rocket strapped to yeah. your back and you went into the floor and this yeah. was the breakup right so like yeah somehow the breakup did Sarah culminated push him? and and he fell like like it's like it sounds like he fell from several stories if he made an impact in the floor but it goes back to kind of like how inconsiderate Sarah is because did she break up with him like in a public space in front of other people like while he was on a stage we're well, never gonna know yeah. well, totally, they're not gonna tell she us she is so self-absorbed yeah well like, yeah yeah well Maureen yeah. I'll explain it to you um in between the round yeah so Bob would you mind reading us the scores I can uh, sitting a little chilly in last place is me with 13 points. Uh, next up is uh, Sebastian uh, with 15 points. And Mo has taken the snowy lead with 16 points. All right. Let's have a yeah. elk jerky break and then we'll come back for the final <laughs> round. 
after the ice skating, um, they drop Sarah and Cole off at Sarah's house. What terrifying thing does Cole say as he walks in? He says, I always wondered what this place looked like on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you read this script. I, I, um, I like got myself a sub. I normally try to get subtitles for this so I can like control F for certain things. This script, reading it cold, is like one of the murder scripts that this, <laughs> this person has written. Yeah. Um, he, another thing, Sarah says, I wonder if we ever played together as kids. Um, while she says this, Cole is looking at a picture of her building a snowman, and he says, I'm sure we did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which again, by itself is a frightening thing, but after looking at the snowman picture... Um, so the, um, they meet up the next morning, Cole and Sarah, and Cole talks about how he's going to Europe for a year, and he begins to try to convince um, Sarah to leave. Ships can't sail unless they raise their anchor. Cole's really starting to sound like the Admiral, Bob. Uh-uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Made of snow. <laughs> Salty snow from the ocean. Um. So we Wait, go- salt and snow do not go well together. Oh, they do in my book. <laughs> Against the free mission rejected. Content. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so we go to um, Halliday Park next. Um, I was going to say, did anybody catch the name of this park? But um, I'm really confused by this. And this is, again, like a cry for help from the people who listen to this podcast. The sign on the park says Denver Parks and Recreation. Oh, no. But I can't seem to find any this park anywhere. It doesn't seem to exist. But it like maybe it used to exist in 2017 or something like that. So, again, I was like I had this this question and I'm like, well, I don't know. If and well, for the third person, in the we'll have Herb, we'll have somebody from Mara Vista, and then we'll have somebody from the Denver Parks Department on like the <laughs> the recap episode for this snowman. Our panel interview. Yeah, our panel interview. We got a lot of snowmen to make. Yeah. Um. So. Um. But I did was able to find what real life event do they talk about in this scene? That does real life take place in St. Paul, Sebastian. The uh, Winter Carnival. Yep, which Cole mm. seems to know nothing about, but I do as somebody who's never visited St. Paul because, um, yeah, they've got stuff wait. on their website and everything. Um, wait, did you actually know about that before watching the film? Yeah, I had heard of the like Winter Festival oh. in St. Paul. Yeah, yeah like, I, like I, sculptures and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know a ton about it, but I had heard of like the... <laughs> it's one of those like things that like they do a bunch of the big like chainsaw like ice sculptures and stuff like that seems like a good idea to write a christmas article on like that almost like it would come to your mind automatically because you've lived there your whole life yeah right right. um it's so clear you're not in the business because of what you just said mm -hmm. you (laughs) could just like go do things like s'mores and ice skating and things that you can do anywhere or at any time of the year, yeah. really. Aren't specific <laughs> to this area. Yeah. Um, this is the scene where um, Sarah and Nick go into a reverie about, like, Katie Ludeca, where it's like, do you remember when you were eight and Katie Ludeca threw up that deep-fried Twinkie all over the ice palms? I forgot about that. Then Ryan Schleiner sl- slipped and fell in it. Yeah. 
And then nothing comes to of that. They say that. And then the only thing is later we get a um, Cole saying, like, I made her throw up like Katie Ludeca. Because I assume just now he learns what throwing up is, like, from this, like, um, flashback. Um, Christmas magic, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but No, um, but then also on top of that, like, to combat what y'all were saying earlier, he knows that there's the Zermatt in Switzerland. He knows there's the Red uh, Square in Moscow. There's a lake in the Canadian Rockies that you can only go by helicopter. Mm-hmm. Y'all are saying that he's a snowman who just woke up and he's really good at, you know, how does he know what all those things are? Okay, but, well, Where are your answers? Christmas magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think the real question is, does he know he's a snowman? Um, like, I want to know his I, self-awareness. That's the question, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the question, that I, I don't have. know. You Does tell me know? as Team Snowman. No, I just want to know like what level of self-actualization that he has about yeah. himself. Yeah, because like, he seems very convinced he's human, but the movie's trying to tell us he's a snowman. Yeah, like I have no mouth and I must melt sort of scenario. <laughs> yeah, or he's afraid of the fire, being too close to it. He knows that the carrots are noses. I think, <laughs> like, I think it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings thing, like Gandalf, where it's like you just know that you have a purpose and that's why you were sent back, you know, after the Balrog fight. And then mm-hmm. you're like, now I'm you know, I'm going to complete that purpose. I'm liking yeah, this movie like... more with each Lord of the Rings reference. That's me. <laughs> um, so what is the romantic plan for this set piece? Okay, this is where they're uh, carving snow people things. Yeah, making, ice sculpting. Ice sculptures yeah. or snow sculptures. Yeah. They say ice. There's no ice. They say this. I like, and I like snow people things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cole is jacked about this cole loses his mind when he <laughs> finds out that they're going to um and then he says he gets to be god in i this guess scene. yeah he says dibs on that pile over there and then runs to an area where there doesn't appear to be a pile <laughs> and um there's barely any snow on the ground in the first place yeah. as when you look at the shots like there's like almost no snow on the ground mm-hmm. yeah this guy yes ends the like um the ice sculpting like crazy and again it's all the other actors kind of are nonplussed about it it's like yeah that man over there is running around and screaming about ice sculpting um so they split up into pairs Uh, for my next question can anybody tell me what the two things they sculpt are all right so um the cole and sarah team they well i'm assuming it's mostly cole um (laughs) they sculpt a like angel like out of snow and Mm -hmm. it looks very beautiful and then we pan over um to our friends nick and isabel um and they've sculpted a big bag of uh, elk jerky no i'm just kidding (laughs) they have sculpted a uh what looks like a slug and it's called a slug but it's not a slug it's a shark um and they put a little like snow christmas hat on it and it's a snow shark Mm -hmm. i guess yeah, no, Santa you're exactly shark doo doo. Santa shark doo doo. Yeah, they call them oh, Santa. Shark. Yeah, he calls them Santa Jaws, yeah. like Santa Claus is oh, the pun. Oh, that's the okay. <laughs> yeah, but why a shark? Mm. Oh, well, yeah, Isabel Christmas was magic, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, magic. and and again, of all the things you would ever sculpt in the snow, why would you do a shark? Yeah, I kind of like it because you don't have to go high, like you don't have to worry about it falling over. You can just go long. And yeah. also, why is Cole not terrified of a snow shark? Yeah, <laughs> he must be true. terrified. You would yeah. think it's a real shark. <laughs> yeah, <it's> right. <laughs> um, and so this is the first time we hear Cole. Um, call Nick Little Guy. Um, they go to get ice cream. 
Uh, Cole says, I love 15 degrees. I love ice cream. I love winter. <laughs> to, well, to seemingly to no one. He kind of like yells it into like the ether. Our other February romance movies have all had ice cream in it during the romantic sequence. Oh, yeah, so yeah, even yeah. the winter one has mm-hmm. to have ice cream too. It's funny that you bring that up because the back of the magazine office, Sarah and Nick are working. And at one point, Sarah says, um, they should think about the cover page. She says, Amanda hasn't asked for it yet. Why not? Why hasn't she asked for it yet? This is a magazine cover. It's like the most important part of the magazine. magazine. There's deadlines. Yeah. It's a digital magazine, so maybe, you know, you don't really need it as much, but yeah. Well, then why even do anything, Sebastian? Why call it a magazine then? We're start, it's well, starting why to... even do anything is uh, that's why I'm on this podcast. I'm mm. like, why even do anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a scene where there's a literal record scratch where it's the first time I was like, oh, wait, all the Nick stammering is actually like him about to confess his feelings because he does the thing where he the crops the picture show just shows the two of them from earlier today and he's about to show her and then the music like it's not like a scratch, <laughs> but the music like literally stops because like Cole walks in. And he stops by to give them lunch. Can anybody tell me what the lunch that they bring is? Oh. Ludafisk? Yep. Uh, traditional <laughs> Nordic cuisine, ludafish, um, which um, is dried whitefish, usually cod, but cured in lye. So if, you've, if you're familiar with like the, the internet famousness of this like Norwegian dish, it's sort of like, like a, it's like a um, fish that they sort of dry and then they almost have like the like cured in lye. So it almost is like rotting in a specific way. So the fish takes on a gelatinous texture after being rehydrated for several days, I mean, several days prior to eating. And um, it's just lutefish, which lutefish is like a very traditional Nordic food. And I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. But it's normally something that sort of is put on like a what's called a eula board which is like a big like kind of spread with like boiled potatoes green peas like bacon like a whole thing i can't imagine somebody just eating like a bowl of lutefish like lutefish rather it's like a, just a very weird thing for cole to bring it's sort of like if somebody explained to him that humans need to eat he's like oh i can do that i can go to i can go purchase with my money food that humans would eat <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess from that perspective, maybe that is part of like the, I don't know, it, it just sort of felt like they were like, oh yeah, there needs to be, there needs to be a joke in this scene. What's funny? And they'd be like, what if you brought something really weird? And I was yeah. like, how much Nor- Norwegian cuisine is there in St. Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much know. business is that like, place too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like um, this was an attempt from the movie to do something to make Cole unappealing. Because yeah. they don't do a good job of that. Like, and that's what you're supposed to do in this movie. Like, there has to be something that makes him not the dream person. Like, because otherwise, he seems like the dream person. Like, yeah. he seems like the right person. It's like, why doesn't she just go with him? Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah sort of feels this way, too. And she's, she's like, kind of putting the best foot forward. And she's like, oh, I'm going to try some lutefish. And 
like seconds after she has like one small spoonful, she's like extremely ill. Mm-hmm. She becomes like violently ill. That's not how food poisoning. Yeah, no. well, no, she throws it's it up. It's just not. Yeah, she throws it up right away. So what's still making her sick? <laughs> right, right. Like, no. it's yeah. out of her system. Yeah, it's like it's like she's like anaphylactically like allergic to like lutefish, and it's like. It's yeah. actually peanut lutefish, where they're just like we stuffed a bunch of peanuts inside this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, at this point, like she's violently ill back at her house, and here we have Nick and Cole by themselves in the room. And Nick asks Cole what brought him here. She said, "Making sure that Sarah ha- is happy is the only thing that I care about." Which again is also like terrifying yeah. for a man. If, yeah. Has it was yeah. it yesterday that they met? Uh, was yeah. it like two days ago that <laughs> they met? Like it twenty four hours, I yeah. think. Might have been a weekend too. Cause it, yeah. The movie takes place over two weeks, so they might be at some point within that two week period. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. Um and I wrote here, he should just ask Cole to stop calling him little guy. At this point Cole has been nothing but a polite and like like mm-hmm. he seems like it, it like kind of like um oblivious but he doesn't seem like mean-spirited like if nick was like okay cole could you stop calling me little guy i bet he'd be like sure thing because that's how he always (laughs) answers things very quickly and emphatically like that there is one line i liked in this part where where nick is talking to cole and i think cole says something along the lines of like you know what i showed up like Mm -hmm. and and i like that because that's really the one thing nick does not do in this movie he has unrequited love he has a chip on his shoulder he's so like just like feeling like he, oh, well, I never had an opportunity or a good mm. chance. You've been there for 20 years, dude. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, but he, like yeah. he, like, Cole showed up. He came like big gestures right away. He didn't, was not afraid to say his feelings. And like that's the things that Nick could not do mm-hmm. his entire life. But still, this movie makes it kind of Sarah's fault that she never noticed that he was in love. Yeah. I have a rant to go on. We don't have to no, go but, there yet. No, <laughs> but to your point, it's like the same thing we mentioned with the jokes and stuff like that. That is the emotional core of this movie. Yeah. That is what the movie is saying. Like, it, it is weirdly a movie about Nick. And it's about Nick being, like, pushed by the universe to make the move, to be there for Sarah so that this connection can be made. But it, But the movie doesn't actually focus itself on that and he doesn't do that either no but i really can argue that like he does not do a lot to to earn what he wants he just kind of expects it to happen because exactly he's been the best friend for so many years no but i i think the idea is that he's like done what you know like he's done all these things for all these years and she doesn't seem to I mean, she's very selfish. She does not seem to notice him yeah, or care much done... about him throughout the entire film. But besides making the snowman, like, I don't think, like, if it's it's not okay to, like, be in love with your friend and not tell them and expect them to notice it. Because he mm. does tell her at one point, like, well, you just never realized I was in mm. love with you. And it's like, that's not her job to do. You have to be forward about these mm. things. And, yeah. like, I think and it's I more just that, like, the dynamics, they settle it. Like, I don't know. You. Like, because they've known each other since they were, like, you know, little kids. So I think it's harder to then say, like, I don't know. I feel like after a while you get so used to being the same way that you've been the entire time that it's it's hard to then just say, by the way, for the past 10 years I've been in love with you. 
just to bring that up on a Monday, right? Or something like that. Yeah, so. it's hard to do, but then don't be mad at her for not realizing it. Like the formula is not that hard to crack. She likes big romantic gestures. If he really wanted to confess his love to her, he could have done something big. He knows that she wants to be swept off her feet. Like he could have done a big gesture or done something to shock her and to be like the, the kind of like whirlwind thing that she's been looking for. And he doesn't. And yeah. then he gets mad when someone else does well, it. She also, she broke up with him though when they were in high school so i think i mean I don't, like once yeah. you've dated and they break up with you i think it's hard to then just say no probably is know. but then don't be mad at her for for not realizing you love her yeah just to <laughs> like kind of bring this up like both of them have things to work on and cole as like the creature that he is is like kind of the force he is comes in and kind of shakes them both out of it with her mm-hmm. being sort of like um trapped in sort of and again whether or not you agree with this i think this is what the movie's trying to say she's sort of trapped in this um fantasy where it's like she can't see like the love that she has and like the good life that she has there and him in like if he wants this he has to like actually go out and take it or like he has to go out and show her which is sort of the thing we're talking about here for nick but what you should do if you're a director of the movie is to like really hit those points when they come up. But I didn't even write down that line. You're absolutely right. I, I mentioned it's like the emotional core of this movie and it didn't end up on the script that I wrote yeah. about this movie. No, and what you just said made me like this movie more the way you just described that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, that would make sense if the snowman's here to shake up both of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It should be you, more about both yeah, of them. You've, yeah, hit, you've hit on the solution to all of this, which is that it's a bad movie. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's the issue But instead, here. the movie just blames Sarah the whole right, time. The movie right. does it. Nick does it. Her dad does it. They all like just are constantly telling her to lower her expectations and it is okay for her to have expectations <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, there's nothing wrong with wanting romance with running sparks like they really kind of treat her being like well open your eyes girl it's been in front of you this whole time it's like no she's allowed to want those things yeah. that's but also not quite, crazy it hasn't quite been in front of her the whole time it's supposed to be like they're both misconnections they're both like not quite there and mm-hmm. the whole Again, it's like Cole's pushing Sarah, but what Cole's supposed to be doing is pushing them together. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of need to script it, like doctor it a little bit. Um, We now get the montage of Nick trying to ascertain any sort of identifying information about Cole. Um, We get four questions slash facts that he asks in the montage of like stuff that they do. Does anybody remember what some of the things he asks are? Uh, okay, he asks where he went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't. He, yeah, he didn't go to college. Um, he asks where, uh, he asks what the name of the company is, which is uh, another one of the three jokes that I liked, where he's, the, he says, that's what it's called. It's called Adventure Travel Company. Yeah, he says, what's the name of the adventure <laughs> yeah. t- tourism company? Yeah. He says, Adventure Tourism Company. Yeah. <laughs> which is a good joke. Yeah. Um, and that's all I remember. I those two. Yeah, you can get a point for that. Does, um, do you want do you remember the other two? Um, I think he asked about his parents. Yep. Yeah, he says he never met his parents. Doesn't sound like head bellboy material to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one other, uh, fact sort of question that he asks, like, to try to get. It's something that would, um, prevent you from getting any sort of driver's license or any being able to hold down a job, having anything sent to you. What's your social security number? Uh, Not quite. Not social security. Um, Yeah. Do you remember Sebastian? 
And he has no permanent address. Yeah, he says he has no permanent address. So, uh, however, reports. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the he doesn't have any permanent address. He's never met his parents. He is like the most unseoable like uh, company ever, and he didn't go to college. So now we um, end that montage where they're toasting marshmallows around a fire. Um, Nick asks, is he going to be around for Christmas? And he responds that he has deadlines at work that he needs to meet. Adventure tourism seems like one of those jobs where there isn't much flexibility to work remotely. You know what I mean? Like, he, I don't think he's going to get much work done here in Winnipeg. Like, I, he could do some GoPro the, stuff. I guess. Yeah. I think this is the part where I question whether this actually was a crazy man. Because, like, where is this information coming from that he is? Thank you. And, no, I think it's possible unless, like, he is there for higher purpose or snowman to, to connect other people. Yeah, but, maybe God is his boss that he's referring to. And the deadline is the Christmas, like, wish oh, he needs. Christmas but there magic. is just, <laughs> there's just a lot of questions about his memory and. How does this snowman know what what a deadline is? How? <laughs> what what deadlines do snowmen meet? They do not. I don't know. Um, this is the scene he takes his shirt off, and I kind of there's sort of I'm of two minds about this. On the one hand, I don't really get their reaction because he's not like he's he's like a fit guy, but he's not like like the three hundred like abs or anything. He's just sort of like Mark, I'm gonna stop you right there. Oh yeah. He's incredibly attractive. Yeah. Oh, okay. sure. yeah. Well, there you go. Um, He's but got it, the wide shoulders and the build and the abs. That was very that that was fan service for women out there. Okay, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, but um, to me, because because it is sort of like a mixed like response. Like some of, they seem sort of almost a little bit more shocked, which I guess is sort of a weird thing where I'm an, a grown, an adult man taking his shirt off in like a public place where there's children and stuff like that. So that in some ways their reaction seemed also like to um, make sense to me. So we cut back to the office. Sarah says the story is done. Um, did anybody catch the name of the story that she wrote? Oh man. Sebastian. Um, oh my! <laughs> um, a romantic Christmas whirlwind. Yep, a romantic. That's not a good name. No, it's not a catchy no. title. No. So, um, she shows Nick the laptop, and he looks at it for maybe five seconds, and then immediately asks him his opinion. I looked at it for longer <laughs> with the magic of pausing a video. There are so vanishingly few St. Paul specifics in it. It really looks like a middle schooler's like um, essay with the prompt, like, what can you do around Christmas? <laughs> the, there's a whole paragraph about how great hot chocolate is, <laughs> but with no specifics. I, I mean, very specific to you, St. Paul. You also looked at it, Sebastian, I think. Are there like any proper nouns in that? Like, yeah. I, yeah. It's Car like a Dr. Seuss was beating it. <laughs> Caroline was reading it out loud. There are just like sentences that like just stop mid word and then it just doesn't yeah. go on anymore. There are typos. It literally feels like somebody was like, oh, by the way, we're going to show the article. And someone on set was like, what the fuck do you mean we're going to show the article? Yeah, and they like, just sat down and were like, the <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. they're just like typing as fast as they can. They're like, I don't know. It's done. Let, let's just get the shot of it. And then I'm like, 
if you if you didn't have an idea as to what you would write because this is supposedly a really good article then just show them looking at the screen and being like oh my god it's so good and then don't show it like you don't have to show it we don't need to see it like it's an in, it's an insert shot it takes more work to include the shot like yeah. is it you yeah. had to you cut and then it cuts back to the same shot as before if they just continued the like shot yeah. it would be easier um so then we cut back from the like laptop footage back to the two of them. Does anybody remember what Nick says his opinion of it is? He doesn't say it was very good or interesting or engaging. He says, "How about them photos?" <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. He says, "It's very accurate." <laughs> Which is a backhanded compliment. It's it's very accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that's barely even a regular compliment. Like it's not even like complimentary. Especially because how you taste hot chocolate is very uh, subjective and opinionated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and this they also they might have a moment again, but then Cole texts her about a surprise for her back at the house. Um, did he form like? as a snowman with a cell phone and a plan or did he have to go to like <laughs> Rogers or Bell or Telus or one of the other fine Canadian cell phone providers I I'm... it's all snow mark everything is snow uh, yeah. it's snow I phone just... snow network a snow yeah. satellite snow everything at that snow. at this point I'm just jumping on the christmas magic train that's how yeah, these yeah. movies work out <laughs> Yeah, it makes no sense. No, because it's a bad movie. But this is mm-hmm. how Hallmark Christmas movies are. You can just wish it all away with Christmas magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the one and only time Cole is well not seen using a cell phone, but Cole somehow evokes a cell phone that she's able to <laughs> respond to him. That um, or he is able to invoke auditory hallucinations. Well, with she... a text, but yeah. <laughs> Is it a text? Yeah, she a reads a text call? from like text. Cole. Okay. Yeah. Then a visual. Hallucination. He could have stolen a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. But... It would have been great if she's like, "Oh, it's from Cole," and she like reaches up, and it's like a, s- a snow. <laughs> like she's like, "He gave me this cell phone so we could communicate." <laughs> and she's like twitching from some kind of seizure. She's yeah. having. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, it's like the, the Matrix screen, but it's yeah. snow coming down. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, like all the little snowflakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when they enter the house, Cole is standing approximately a foot away from the door with his back to the door and his arms out, standing perfectly still. <laughs> the one and only time he does this too is he casting like a spell or something he's like that. He's in Christmas magic. He's a snowman. He's, snowman he's insane. Yeah. He's a shaman. He's a shaman performing a ritual like yeah. upon the home. <laughs> like this is sort of it like heightens like those last two things. I'm like this is suddenly like the stakes of this have gotten really high in the like he's actually a snowman walking among us <laughs> like thank it, god they didn't go the jack frost route where she was like kissing him while he was a snowman but. yeah yeah so um one of the other like frightening things about this is he's not the only one in the house at this time does anybody remember <laughs> what the surprise is <laughs> surprise dean papadopoulos is here to help you sell your house yeah so was dean watching Why? cole like 
like kind of chant in the middle of the room with his arms to the side that whole time. I was just happy to finally see her get angry and like call out the snowman. We haven't bullshit. even gotten to that yet, but yes, yeah. Because she has missed so many red flags. I'm like, yes, get angry, use your anger. This is makes sense. He's let, trying to sell your house. Let the hatred flow through you. Um, Cold just suddenly like sounds like somebody from fucking Dune. He's just like. Ugh. Like just like making all these ants inside the house. Yeah, this yeah. place is totally sick. That's a real estate term. I like how they this oh. movie includes a weird character choice for Dean Papadopoulos, <laughs> a character that's only in the movie for this scene. Like, someone, good for that actor. He's like, I'm actually gonna make a choice. <laughs> someone approved that. To make oh, any sense. it could have been just on the day. Like, he's like, they he's still, like, they still yeah. approved it and put it in the movie. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, well, we do only have Dean for four minutes, so we might as well, like, he said this one. It's like, all right, you can, that was a fun thing. We'll put your real line in, and then we'll see which one makes it into the final <laughs> cut. And I wrote here, um, Sarah rightfully gets into an argument with Cole about this behavior. Um, Sarah's dad also reveals that he knows Nick holds a torch for Sarah, confirming that he is more self-aware than Cole who doesn't appear to have notice anything. We don't know if Cole is self-aware, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, self-aware that he is a snow... Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of kinds of self-awareness we that we're not... We don't know what he yeah. is. Yeah. But the one line that I wrote here that it's like would almost be a trailer line from Sarah's dad. How many more snowmen are you planning to build? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the part where I wrote down in my notes and just underlined it all. Women don't have to settle. We're not all waiting for snowmen, but don't force them to settle. Like, yeah. Well, this in, it in was this, terrible. In this case, it's Sarah's dad giving Nick a hard time. Which again, the movie Sarah's dad kind of gives Nick as much of a hard time as she ge he gives yeah. Sarah, but the movie doesn't hit it the like way. So again, your your reading of it, which is totally valid, is that like is all about Sarah. But like after like writing this, I'm like, there's about as much people giving Nick a hard time too. And including Cole when we get to that like later. Mm -hmm. Cole confesses to her that he sometimes feels like his head is full of snow. A normal human thing that normal humans say. So to try and make up to her like this mistake that he made, he gives her her present early. Does anybody remember what his present is to her? Sebastian? Main tickets to Paris. Yep. Um, plane tickets to Paris. He says the boss says he has to get back on the road. The extreme tourism scene in Paris is probably not very, like, there's not a ton of there's dangerous no things. Yeah. This is stay tuned for the spiritual sequel of this, ep of this episode when we cover an American werewolf in Paris, which heavily <laughs> features a group of men base jumping off the yeah. Eiffel Tower. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But no, thinking about Cole like coming here because of Christmas magic, that makes more sense where it's like, well, let me offer you your dream vacation yeah. so that you know that you want to stay, that you're actually in love with someone else. That kind of makes sense. Wish they hit on that a bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Between the scene where Nick decides to confess to Sarah, she goes from understandably against going to Paris with this man she met possibly a, like a long weekend ago <laughs> um, to being all for it. Maybe she has brain freeze from her head being full of snow. I don't remember what he said because that's not <laughs> something people say normally. Um, Nick storms out and storm not pun, pun, no pun intended when he finds out that um, Sarah is going to go to Paris. He wants to take himself off the article. 
I think that ship has sailed, buddy. Like, if you agreed <laughs> to be a contractor on a... Like, possibly we're hours away from that being published. Yeah, they own the rights to your pictures now. Like, I don't think there's any backing out of that. Mm -hmm. So, after we leave um, Sarah's house, we get to see Nick return to his apartment with a scene where so little happens, I can't believe I wrote anything about it. Um, then we revisit one of the places from the article... Does anybody remember where Nick goes right after this? Um, this is when he goes back to the uh, the snowman, the, the ice sculpture, snowman building place. Yeah, when he sees it, he draws a shark. Um, can, he he draws himself being consumed by the snow shark. I I did laugh out loud because he's sitting there like drawing that, and then he just takes a beat and goes, "This can't be healthy." No. Yeah, that, I, I thought that that was actually a really funny line. I, I was like, like, "Okay, be good for you, Nick." Yeah. yeah. Speaking of something funny and unhealthy, um, what does Nick see while he's there? Sebastian? He sees Cole talking to Hank the Snowman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Hank the Snowman. Possibly in the running for my favorite character after Herb. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, well, it's also like, it, again, for, for like the, the magical realism of the snowman thing, like... Is it the idea that he can actually speak to them because he is of the snow? Like, can Hank understand mm. him, but we just don't know that Hank can respond back or we don't mm -hmm. speak snow, so we can't... Speak I don't snow. know. It's a strange mm -hmm. It's a strange moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is definitely in the top five, like, movies that aren't about the existential horror that they evoke <laughs> um, that we've done. Um, Nick confronts Cole... Not about any of his weird behavior, past or present, but to some hereto unknown sinister plan that he's like convinced this is like the reason Cole is doing this. While Nick is yelling at him, Cole says under his breath, I like buttons. Which again, <laughs> that's the part where well, I'm like, oh wait, everything Cole has been doing has been magic. Has well, been no, like he says uh, he says you like you knew how to push all her buttons. Yeah, you know what and I mean? he goes, I like buttons. Yeah. <laughs> that was the third joke that I liked yeah, uh, yeah. of those. Like I was like, Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was when everything clicked to me. I'm like, Oh, everything the actor that Cole's been doing has been un has been like poorly served by this movie. He's yeah. been giving everything he's been doing it exactly as I want him to play this and this movie has been just steamrolling all of the interesting stuff that he's been doing and flattening it into so that you have to really like look at it to actually like appreciate any of it. Cole kind of lays his magic cards on the table here when he says, if she doesn't fall in love by Christmas, then I don't know what's going to happen. I wrote that down. What does that mean? Talk yeah. about this being a horror movie. That yeah. is chilling it's, yeah <laughs> the christmas magic gods will be upset yeah, it's yeah. A curse now right yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. we don't know what happens after death so yeah yeah i agree yeah one of my favorite uh mystery science theater um riffs that we like to evoke often during our movies where does cole fill in fit into god's plan yeah <laughs> Um, I just, oh man, if that, this movie took like a dark turn, I would have been here for it, but it was just so like there and gone again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what's going to happen? Yeah, well, it's about to hit another dark turn because Nick <laughs> destroys Hank <laughs> unprovoked. Very uncool. Hank was just minding his own business. And because none of us can speak snow, we can't even, like, Nick wasn't provoked by Hank. I mean, Cole can report that as a hate crime. Yeah. Cole, Cole screams, keep the pressure on it, like he's in Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Again. There's, the like, there's like a Saving Private Ryan moment where he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he's like <laughs> trying to like keep the, the blood in the snowman. I'm like, 
it's just gonna stay where it is buddy like yeah cole's performance is is criminally underrated in this bad movie Hmm. they get into a physical altercation until the only person of color in this movie arrives the police officer um so we cut to sarah's front yard where cole is explaining that hank had nothing to do with the altercation (laughs) he's barely saying anything about what nick did we all saw it we all do know that cole is right but is cole trying to press charges for hank's death and he yelled at him earlier he called him a murderer earlier yeah no, but what is the crime? What On what grounds did police go? Like, it's two men wrestling in the snow. There's literally no crime. Yeah. It's a public, public altercation. Like, they yeah. probably cannot but have that. But the police? Well, we yeah. yeah. I thought the same thing. Like, it makes sense that the that the police officer would break it up. It does not make sense that they would care after that yeah. point. No. They would be no. like, all right, now go about your business. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. being weirdos. <laughs> like... Yeah, earlier Cole was like whispering into Hank's ear and the police officer did nothing. (laughs) Um, So Sarah and Nick get into an argument until Nick finally admits to having feelings for her. The best time to admit to her, yeah. Um, So does anybody for my next question remember how long Nick says that he's been in love with her? Oh, man, he says this twice in the movie, and they're different grades. So at one point he says um, first grade, so pretty much my whole life. But did he say like fifth or sixth grade here? Yeah, but um, he says ever since the fifth grade when, do you remember? Oh, no. Yeah, I'll give you that. But he says ever since the fifth grade when we built that snowman together. Oh, that's obvious. (laughs) Like not before that. Like it was the snowman that was the thing that sealed the deal. Like once his hat was on the snowman, he pictured yeah. himself as her boyfriend. I guess. I mean, I mean, Mark, when you build a snowman, you know, with the person you love, holy, it just it changes everything. The child that you it love. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. This scene's pretty long. Again, talking about the emotional core of this, where all the important stuff has happened, but I don't have anything interesting to say about it. It was just a lot of. Like, cli- like kind of cliches and yeah. like tropes and like they I think I did clock that they just somebody repeats a line that was said earlier in the scene like later in the scene yeah and I'll I will get off my soapbox I promise but I just it I hate the trope of friend zoning because it mm-hmm. really is just very toxic in a lot of ways and so this scene was just annoying because like he, again he's blaming her for not realizing that he loved her and the whole idea that like unrequited love sucks it's not good for anyone but and and he mentions a few times like i'm actually happy for her i can let her like be with a person like another person who's not me but then he still like has such a chip on his shoulder about this like and it's just such like entitlement that comes with because i've known you for so long like you owe this to me kind of thing and that that's just where friend zoning gets very very terrible but like it's just it was he could have done a lot better with telling her that. Right. And obviously. And it's I guess we're coming up into it in the next couple of scenes. But my one of the biggest just annoyances in this movie was that yeah, it's a it's like they don't do enough to make him seem desirable yes. for her. Mm-hmm. Like why would she like obviously they've been friends for a while. Like he doesn't do that much that would you would make you be like oh yeah she's going to like go for him at the end like i guess the thing that they're that we're sort of led to believe is she wants to be with him because they have history together yeah. and it's like well 
anybody who you're with for a long time, you're going to have history together. So, like, <laughs> what is it that he does that actually she likes, you know? Like, and they don't do she, enough to show that, you know? No, it feels like she settled. Yeah. Like, I wrote in my yeah. notes, go to Paris. So you've been yeah. wanting to go to right, Paris right. your whole life. Go to Paris. Yeah. yeah. The the scene that they're missing, to your point about the toxic um, sort of friend zoning thing, I totally agree. It's like they have this fight. That's like a very human thing. You have emotions like mm-hmm. they, they come to a head like that. What they're missing is the scene where he's like, I was wrong to like yes. expect that from you. And then he like grows and learns something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and how then, dare we ask this movie to have a man grow in it? Let's yeah. just have women lower their yeah. expectations instead. Again, <laughs> the this is an interesting thing where it's like both the characters can get pushed closer together yeah. and like the weirdly the the snowman human homunculus can like <laughs> can like have them both help like grow and then like grow enough that they can like come together yeah. but instead you're you're right there even though nick is kind of the one who has to grow more than sarah in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. there is no it's more like just happenstance like luck that like the things that nick learns are like kind of like given to him or like yeah. kind of explained to him or they just happen like i would have loved it if we saw that work on both sides but mm-hmm. like we didn't instead no. like nick could have said like i'm sorry i should have said this earlier i could have found a better time like and had that accountability but instead he's like well you were always dating someone or like mm-hmm. you're always talking about the other boyfriends and like he just puts all of it on her and it becomes her job at the end to realize like what's going on or to to, to do the work and come to him and i'm like mm, mm-hmm. that could have been done a lot better yeah well i'm afraid we still have a few more scenes of that to go so we cut to um her dad's wood shop where sarah's running a dry paintbrush over an overturn i wrote that table. down too it's <laughs> yeah. a dry paintbrush yeah and her dad comes and dips the another paintbrush into an empty can and begins to also paint with him it's hard to it's hard to do um like reset a scene if you've already started staining like well it looked uh, like there was a clear liquid in there but then he didn't get his brush wet and the no. chair was really dusty so yeah. i don't know what they were actually doing yeah like just, yeah believe not- weirdly that's not the funniest thing from that scene i thought it was when her dad comments that she had quite a day is this the same day as the Dean Papadopoulos <laughs> thing, which was the same, like, it's, how long has this day been? Did they, did Cole, they just meet Cole earlier today or something <laughs> like that? Like, where, what time are we dealing with? Yeah, but he gives her some more generic advice that's, like, where we've, like, ground we've already trotted. Um, and then um, we, the, after that scene is over, we cut to... Some unknown amount of time later at the magazine office, Isabel walks through and all but says, hear ye, hear ye, it is <laughs> this day of the, like, um, like of, of the month. Does anybody remember what day it is? Is it uh, December 24th? It's not December 24th, okay. no. I don't oh. know what it is. Yeah. Uh, do you know Sebastian or no? Yeah. She says it's two days until Christmas. So December 23rd. (sighs) Yeah. So Sarah is still working on the article. The article that (laughs) an unknown number of days ago she said was done. Um, but again, it's, I guess it must be an online only magazine because it's very hard to print and then send magazines to people even in two days. Like we know that it's two days till Christmas and it publishes on Christmas. 
Um, and she finished early. You would have thought they'd give her another job to do for the next article that comes out. I, I don't know. But Isabel is still at the office, which um, Sarah finds strange because she's not right, like procrastinating writing an article. Does anybody remember what she's doing? Uh, as one does at work, she is going to pick up her crossbow because she's about to go hunting. Yeah. She pulls it out of somewhere. Like it looks like maybe behind a shelf or something. Mm-hmm. And that's when the police should have been called because she yes. brought a weapon to work. Yes. <laughs> nah. So before Isabel goes back to her cabin to end the life of some geese, she gives um, Sarah some advice that she should call Nick before she leaves for her trip. Um, Sarah also says something crazy where she's like, I prefer store-bought. No, she's offering you a fresh goose. You take yeah. that fresh meat. Oh, yeah, she says I'm a fresh uh, store-bought kind of gal. You which, take that yeah. fresh meat. That is mm-hmm. That sounds so good. Yeah. So she sees her boss once before she goes as well. Her boss reveals Nick did send in the artwork, but she says, like, you won't see it until the article posts, like, on Christmas Eve for some reason. Um, she says, and when you get back as our new head writer, oh we're going to have to sit down and talk about the magazine's new column, travel, <laughs> like her new travel column, travel to where? Winnipeg? The next closest metro area to the Twin Cities? This was too much. Like, I know it's a ro- like a romance movie. It has to end on happy notes, but... Her, like the money that's being thrown at her right now with a promotion and then all expenses paid travel yeah, writing like this this little newspaper this little online article i don't think they can afford that mm-hmm. especially if it's on the internet they probably don't get as many subscribers mm-hmm. yeah so everything is going sarah's way but something is still nagging her she s- decides she actually should call nick and may like make up with him so outside of the office she opens her phone does anybody remember what the picture of Nick is on her phone? Yes, because I don't know why this is her photo year round. It's him eating a marshmallow off of a stick. Yeah, but it's like the marshmallow is like, <laughs> right. like yeah, his yeah, mouth is like totally corner. open and like the marshmallow. Yeah, it's not a flattering <laughs> picture of Nick. Um, but back at Nick's apartment, he is sad. Can anybody tell me how I know that he's sad? Um, okay, so he has a new cartoon he's working on, and it's, uh, on one side, it's Sarah and Cole in Paris, and the other side, it's him, like, alone in the darkness, crying. (laughs) Yeah, he's under the shade of a tree, so there's, like, a dark (laughs) shadow over him. That is such a weird drawing to make. Like, drawing him being sad... Or drawing them in Paris both make more sense to me. Having like the clear line, it's like, gee, man, I wonder why you're sad. Is it because you're hung (laughs) up on this girl that you've never really expressed your feelings to? It feels like his art therapist like told him to draw everything very Mm -hmm. literally to how he's feeling. Mm -hmm. So now it's Christmas Eve and Sarah's dad comes down to wish her goodbye. There are a bunch of unaccounted for gifts under the tree. They're not for Herb. We all know where Herb's gifts are, but it's... Um, but it's, um, Nick's like gift. Um, her father once again explains to her what love is and is finally able to browbeat her into loving Nick. He also mentions like for me the third time this movie, he says how he met her mother. So I just imagine that Alan, the rest of this movie when he's not there is off to the side, having his own TV show, describing Mm -hmm. everything else that happened that led up to meeting her mother. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. It's it's so, it's so stupid that he's like, 
you have to find he says something like you have to find like a middle ground and the implication is like settle for her to yeah to settle and like not travel and it's not a middle ground like he just wants her to not travel yeah. for some reason yeah like I, I they act as if if you leave you're like never gonna come back or you're like you could either travel all the time or you could stay there forever like there's mm-hmm. no he says the words middle ground but it's not there's no middle ground presented everyone yeah, he, is so concerned that she's yeah. gonna go for a week and not come back which like yeah. If that's her choice, that's her choice. Yeah, it's like let's compromise. We'll do what I want to do. That's <laughs> yeah, it. right, right. Um, there's a. I know we we sometimes mention Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is a musical TV show, and there's this one song I love from it where the main character is like in love with someone, but then there's this other guy who's kind of like a, not like a backup option, but she's kind of considering whether she should be with him. And there's a whole musical number called Why Don't You Settle for Me, and they do this whole big romantic dance, and it's really great. So I kept mm-hmm. I kept thinking about that because it's the whole idea of like, hey. Don't go after what you want. Settle for what's easy right there. Yeah. So now we get the Casablanca moment of this movie where they go out to the car and um, her dad hands her Nick's gift. Sarah gets into the car and Cole conveniently has to talk with her dad about what snowman stuff like we know we know Cole has nothing interesting to say to anyone. I mean, I guess Sarah's dad is a woodworker. And Cole's arms are made of sticks, so maybe that's the thing that they have in common. Maybe he'll build him a, a, a wooden arm that's buffer or something. Mm-hmm. So Sarah um, opens Nick's gift. It's a tablet, which is a very expensive gift, even mm. for like a best friend. He doesn't make any money. That's yeah. super expensive. Yeah, so the stuff on the tablet couldn't possibly... We see like pictures of the article like surrounding by, by, surrounded by all these pictures... Not a lot of illustrated pictures. It's mostly like just pictures, personal pictures that Nick has taken of Sarah, which can't possibly be pictures from the article because that would mean Cole, I mean, um, Nick characterized what her, him and Sarah were going through as this romance, not her and Cole. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask. I think he did that because he had new um, cartoons in the article and they didn't look like Cole anymore. They looked like Nick. Mm-hmm. So I was asked, I was wondering that with you guys too. Like, did, did he insert himself into the story now and put all his romance ideas and photos in there? Yeah, we have to assume all of St. Paul reads this magazine. <laughs> so they're going to be confused and think those two are dating. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being embarrassed and upset about this betrayal from her best friend, she is moved and throws away all her plans. Luckily, Cole is pretty nonplus about all of this. Because again, they could have hit it that he's like, this was kind of the plan all along that I was supposed to kind of like shake up your lives and get you guys together. Well, he's a, he's a pretty chill guy. Yeah, he's absolutely. Cool. Yeah, this is my favorite part of the movie where Cole gets back into the car and yells, happy birthday, and leads all the children down to the traffic stop. So Nick runs to catch um, Sarah at a time where if none of this happened, she would have already been gone. Does anybody remember why he ran up to, like, Sarah's house? Um, Because she forgot her mom's scarf. Yeah, forgot. You're right, but did is it forget or left it or something? Because the last time it was seen was, I think, when Cole hands it to her at the beginning, when we first meet Cole. 
No, there is a comment when they're ice skating where I think uh, she mentions leaving it at Nick's house and Cole's oh. like, you shouldn't really get that back to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was like an offhanded comment. Again, Nick, but yeah, offhanded. That's like one of the most important lines in the movie where <laughs> Cole is saying, you should get the sweater and the uh, um, scarf that symbolizes like the love, like anybody who like the sort of she's going to find a connection with a man holding that sweater, which is kind of what's implied by the magic of the sweater. Man, I'm sorry, I keep saying sweater. <laughs> um, implied by the magic of the scarf. Maybe Cole really was trying to set them up. Cause, like, uh, no, I, he absolutely yeah, was. Because he says he just wants her to be happy. He doesn't yes, say with him, but, which I don't know how long that would last but for. But hit, hit that harder, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, I'm just realizing it now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's that I, again, like I was sort of like, if, if, while reading through this, I'm like, no, the whole time... Cole's plan back like kind of bank shotted or not was to get those two together and there are like four lines that if you read them like in sequence you're like oh yes that's extremely clear this movie does a disservice to that that as well so she decides that it would be silly to throw herself into a romance with Cole so she throws herself into a romance with Nick and well, they know she says and this is gonna be a question uh, if it's in the same scene that we're talking about, then no. Okay, she says, I don't want romance, I want love. So she does not seek out a romance with Nick. Mm-hmm. She just figures, hey, love is theirs, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. Girl, you can have romance and love. Like, that That line drew me crazy. Mm-hmm. You can even have snowmance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so later that night, or it could be months later, um, she drops the bomb <laughs> that she's not going to be the travel writer anymore. Oh, my God. The thing that she's wanted this whole movie as well. Can anybody tell me what is her? What is Sarah's scheme instead? Because it's complicated and weird, and I don't know why her boss would agree to this. Okay, I think she wants to get um, Nick signed on to illustrate the travel thing, and so they can only tr- they can travel together sometimes. She doesn't want to travel alone anymore, so she'll still write and stay there. But then she and Nick can hopefully travel together. I don't even think it's traveling, but that's basically it. It's just like a fully illustrated travel issue, so we can. So that would imply that she's. It's like a Saint Paul magazine where the people writing about and illustrating about non-St. Paul specifics won't leave St. Paul, but, like, they'll speculate based on her boyfriend's <laughs> cartoons. Like, <laughs> what? Photos at that point? Yeah, like, photo, 2017, yeah. Like, again, why would you go to the, like, St. Paul Leisure Magazine for information about, like, a trip to Egypt or something like that? He says they need a new Christmas tradition, um, Nick says that to Sarah. No more Coles, please. So does that imply that they now know that Cole was some sort of creature? Like some sort of cryptid? Because that implies that to me. Because it's not like like we don't want to run it. No more Coles. Because in the next um, Snowman's 2, I believe, it's a case where there's like multiple Coles. <laughs> and there, it's like it's like Gremlin versus Gre- Gremlins versus Gremlins 2, yeah. like the new batch. And then sort Arnold of thing. Schwarzenegger comes up and it's yeah. like, freeze. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and the, then there's the third, then there's Snowman's, Snowman's Revenge, where they, you know, there's Coles and they also fly, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, we learn what the different life stages yeah, of the, the Coles are. Yeah. And where yeah. they came from. Right, yeah. right, how right, long right, they've right. been on Earth for. Yeah. 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 
And so for my last question specific to the plot of this movie, can anybody tell me what the final shot of the movie is? Yeah, so uh, it goes to the snowman who's back. The snowman is back. And uh, we see the little twinkle in his little coal eyes. And then it like pans up. And then we get the little twinkly star, the little mm-hmm. twinkle star. Yeah, I wrote another shot of the snowman as his eyes glow with magic. Evil magic? Definitely. <laughs> um, so that's the end of the plot. But I got three quick questions. And um, the first one is buzzing in. For how romantic Sarah and Cole are, it's like a whirlwind sort of romance, their whole relationship is pretty chase. Does anybody remember the first scene, which I think of only two times, where they kiss? Was the first kiss when she agreed to go to Paris? That's exactly right. It's about 25 minutes before the credits of this movie. They've been dating pretty much the whole movie, and that's the first time. So my next one is we're going to go around the room. It's a numbers one. Um, How many times does Cole refer to Nick as little guy? Oh, boy. Mm, Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess... not i feel like it's not that much i'm gonna say four i'm gonna go a little higher let's say six sebastian um i'll say five you would be right five times Uh. so the word little guy appears more times in this in this uh script but just he calls him little guy five times and so i got one more question According to the subtitles that I created using a AI that I've written to like scrub movies. So there are a lot of mistakes sometimes was the only subtitle that I could find online. Um, Believe it or not, the made for TV movies don't have a lot of published subtitles. Um, So I scraped the subtitles to figure this out. How many times does the word snowman or snowmen appear in this script? Oh, boy. Uh, Mo, do you want to start? Sure, I'm going to be wildly like... Uh, I can give you guys, it's <laughs> less than 50 times. Okay. So I'm going to say and, 25. Yeah. Okay. For what it's worth, the 50 was arbitrary, so it's not <laughs> like that was it. Yeah. Sebastian? Um, 37. 37? Go a little lower. I'll say... 18. 14 times. Wow. So there you go. Bob got it. I thought for sure they said it like pretty often. All right. So, uh, Bob, would you mind reading out the final scores for us? You know, it was neck and neck here towards the end. So uh, what we ended up with uh, in a pretty like abysmal last place, Mark has only three points. Oh. Uh, it's pretty sad, Mark. Mm. Um, yeah, do better next time. Oh, well. Um, and uh, okay, so Sebastian, you came in at 20 points. Mm-hmm. I have 21 points. And with a runaway lead, Mo with 24 points. Nice. Thank you guys for going on this adventure with me. <laughs> if I learn one thing from this movie is that anything can be an adventure if you call it an adventure. It doesn't cheapen the concept or make the idea sound like annoying and uninteresting. So let me <laughs> grab this right here. Here's a, oh, 
here's this crossbow for you, Mo, oh as the winner. Oh my god, yeah. this is wow. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um for you guys I've got keep that at work. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. For you guys I've got this elk jerky here. Oh nice. Elk jerky. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so as always, I'll ask the question that we end this podcast with. Bob, would you recommend the movie Snowman's? Um, no, no, I, I would not recommend the movie Snowman's. Um, no. Okay. Mo, what do you think? <laughs> no, no qualifier? All right, that's fine. Oh, man. I don't, there was parts I really did enjoy, and I've seen Hallmark Christmas movies, and some of them are just so bad. This is a little bit... This one was easier to swallow. It went down a little bit better. Um, overall, though, like it's just it was kind of a bad movie. I did enjoy it at times. So if this is your thing, go out and watch it. Personally, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. Sebastian, would you recommend this movie? Um, I would say we have been talking for almost four hours now. So <laughs> clearly there was, there was something to talk about. Um, I think if it was a one hour podcast and we cut it down to like 30 minutes, then it would truly be a worthless movie. Um, I would say that if you're going to watch it with a group, that is best. Um, like if you like to watch bad movies with a group of people, then I would highly recommend this movie because there's a lot to make fun of. If you're by yourself and it's like a Friday night, no, don't watch this movie. What are you doing? Why, why would you, why would that be what you pick over? Like, you know, a, a different film, but yeah, I would say uh, for the purposes of watching a bad movie, uh, this is definitely super up there. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we, we said so much about how bad it is. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, for somebody who watches a lot of movies and like a lot of movies at different like uh, like uh, levels of like good or bad. I don't watch a lot of made for TV movies. I think this is pretty good for a made for TV yeah. movie. I don't think it's a very good movie. So with that caveat, I would say it's a recommend out of like if you're picking from Christmas, like made for TV movies, it's not a recommend for a regular movie. Like, <laughs> Bob, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I want to plug uh, snow. Snow's great. Uh, yeah. um, go out and play in the snow. Snow mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, and when you're done playing in the snow, um, go to your to your podcatcher of choice uh, and listen to uh, a couple great podcasts out there. Mission Rejected uh, is one of them. Oops, all bards, check that out as well. I just want to bring awareness out there to all the snowmen that melt every year. Apparently, they're all alive and human. And mm-hmm. I think we, uh, if if you uh, see a child who's a bully and knocking over a snowman, just know that that's murder. I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure everyone's aware. Not enough people talk about this. Mm-hmm. You have anything to plug, Sebastian? Yeah, I would say thank you for having me on. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and I just want to plug the podcast you're listening to right now. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. It helps people find us. You can also find us on social media, specifically Instagram at What Did We Just Watch Pod All Underscores. I don't understand social media, but I'm just reading off of the prompter they give me. Um, and just thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. You know what, guys? I don't want to travel anymore. I just want to stay. I just want to stay. Uh, no other good buttons, I guess. Whatever. Bye. Bye. I like buttons. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
Thanks for sending the other like Jedi joke to the group chat there, Sebastian, that we didn't get in. <laughs> the night is still young. Maybe you'll get it in later. Um, yeah, the, hmm, let me, well, while we're waiting for the last like chewing, like um, what the, um, is it possible to learn this? Uh, no, some, it was the, I don't remember the full line, but like some call like, on natural. Is it possible to learn this power? Yeah. <laughs> Not from a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do we have any other hungry material? Like uh, they let you, they let you build the like Eiffel you're Tower there. Brownie mark. Yeah. I mean. Exactly. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's xenophobia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what against Canadians? This movie is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I don't know why I, I I delivered that like Yoda. Yeah. Xenophobia against Canadians. This movie is. is. Yeah. <laughs> so much. This is like the Star Wars episode. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, you have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. 